This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we will share with you, and they are completely free. Unlike those other talk show hosts, uh, we give our site away. Five, six, seven, eight bucks a month, what those other guys want. We want zero uh, for you to access all the features there. Now, there are ways you can voluntarily contribute to the show, and we'll share those with you as the program goes on here tonight. But uh, the program here is, uh, allows you to call in about anything you want to talk about. 855-450-FREE. Otherwise, we bring stuff to the table. And I've got an update from the Associated Press Last night, we talked uh, in some detail about the plan to open up three cities, three private cities, so-called, in Honduras. And the piece we were sharing last night was from the AP. This is the same piece, but it's had it's been added on to as of uh, 10.36 last night. So it was almost as though the AP was listening to uh, Free Talk Live. And, you know, we expressed some, some questions and some concerns. Do you have any evidence that they weren't listening to Free Talk Live last night? I, I don't have any evidence either way, so I, so I say it's, it's almost as though because it happened to come out right after our show wrapped up. Uh, but so the uh, the update here from this story, just to recap briefly for you, uh, what was uh, going on? The, the the plan is that there are going to be three cities that will be privately run uh, that supposedly will have their own uh, legal system. They will have their own police. They'll have their own, uh, you know, they'll be supposedly Obviously separate. sewer and things like that. Right. Uh, judiciary, laws, governments, and police forces. So they'll allegedly be separate from the government of Honduras. I would like to know under what circumstances could the government of Honduras uh, violate that agreed upon sovereignty? Like, under whatever circumstance they want. Pretty I mean. much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't. So I'd have to roll in troops, and that could be a, a messy conflict. It could be or could not. It depends on, uh, you know, so these things are going to, to some extent, there's city-states like Andorra, Liechtenstein, um, you know, these kind of places. I think there's one more in Europe that I'm, that's escaping my mm-hmm. memory at this point. What about the Vatican City? Vatican City, yeah, uh, it's a city-state yep. also. So, I mean, there's city-states if they... You know, the the agreement is not quite as firm as city-states. City-states truly are sovereign, and uh, in this case, it looks like Honduras has some level of sovereignty over these uh, these charter cities, is what they're calling them. But um, if the people in those cities believe that they're free from Honduran rule, then there's nothing you can do, really, to change that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they believe that they're breaking away and that they're doing something bad by breaking away and that they're really Hondurans— well, then you can you can roll in tanks and you can uh, paddle the bad that. kids. Yeah. But if they say, you know, we've come here because this was a free place and we're free of Honduran rule and you're breaking the rules by coming in here, it's really about the attitude of the inhabitants. That's a good point. Uh, you're right, because government at, at all levels, yes, it's backed by uh, yes, it's backed by force, uh, but ultimately its success depends on whether or not people go along with the program. Sure. Well, if people start start disobeying in mass numbers, then the government has no more control, and that's when they have to roll in the tanks and attempt to use the maximum level of force. But if the people that are on the private defense agencies or the police, you know, the private police or whoever it is, whatever that setup ends up being in these private cities uh, is defensive, then that's going to be a real, really bad situation for the Honduran government. As, as attractive as this sounds to, to people who are perhaps interested in the idea of seasteading or finding a place where... Uh, government could be less intrusive. Uh, Honduras itself has basically been going through, I would say, some sort of 
small civil war because within, within the last five years, uh, a president, I believe his name was Manuel Zelaya, uh, Manuel Zelaya. He, he was basically forced out of the country and he was hiding in Ecuador, if I recall correctly. And uh, the the Congress basic or the Supreme Court basically threw out the president. So Honduras is not the uh, most stable of governments. No. Stability and stability. Most people will take stability over freedom um, when it comes to governance. Uh, this is, you know, just sort of what people want. Stability is, you know, the the primary thing that people want. But you know, freedom's on that list. And if it, you know, the Honduras is is, is terrible government. It's a terrible government. It has showed up, um, shown itself up to this point to be pretty, pretty awful. So turning it over to somebody else is really a darn good idea. Getting a big check in the process isn't a bad idea. Uh, so you know maybe they'll be smart and take the check and then you know take some level of. Uh, of benefit of having these productive cities in their inside of their borders, but I can't see that these cities wouldn't be, you know, just terribly successful. I, I can't believe the United States Central Intelligence Agency is allowing this to happen. I mean, they, the Southern uh, American area or Central America is, you know, a, a prime target for the United States military regarding drug trafficking, and to have uh, places that the United States can't influence and can't, uh, you know. Uh, infiltrate regarding the drug trade, I think, is going to be uh, something they're going to put a lot of pressure on mm. the Honduran if, government. Yeah, when it comes to these cities, they need to be careful in two areas, and those two areas are banking and drugs. Um, well, since they're on the land, they're going to have to be careful in, in in the area of drugs. If they, you know, if if they did some seasteading out in the middle of the water and they brought in, you know, some coke and some hookers or whatever, I don't think anybody's going to give them too much trouble. But on the land. In the corridor that the drugs are trafficked through, Honduras isn't a particularly wide place, um, you know, yeah, it's not going to be acceptable. You're not going to make some stopover for, uh, you know, the, the drug train. At these uh, these these cities. Why these not? Cities. Wait, you, wait. Are you suggesting that there won't be drugs being dealt in these cities? Th- I think that there will be drugs. That's but if ridiculous. these cities, if people think that they're going to set up in these cities um, as the sort of the drug, the, the stopovers, uh, you know, for the, the on the drug train, the United States government's going to come in and they're going to do something horrible, like bring the Marines in, like they're doing in uh, Mexico. Why wouldn't they? Well, I would I would hope that the reason why not would be that they would be able to be defended. Uh, you know, the, also those, I don't want a city defense, run by dr- uh, drug dealers. I'm not interested. The in private that. defense would uh, hopefully defend you know defend their customers. Well, Mark, the, the onslaught. The state of New Hampshire's number one source of revenue is alcohol. So uh, if you know to to think that there couldn't be a city state whose primary source of rep, uh, taxing revenue is uh, drugs, which alcohol is one, isn't completely out of the realm of possibility. Well, has the uh, the Drug Enforcement Administration or the U.S. government of any uh, in any form raided uh, the Netherlands? Have they raided Portugal? I mean, we know that Portugal has uh, had now for a decade it's decriminalization. Some level of decriminalization. They've had decriminalization on all drugs. I mean, obviously small the, amounts. There's right. a big difference between decriminalization and open support of uh, it being approved, and the approval of it. You know, it's kind of like a domino. Well, you don't have to have approval to have allowing, right? So right. there doesn't have to be a policy approving the use of drugs. You can just simply not arrest people who are using them. The Netherlands these police, is on, on these a small police? spit of land that connects South America to North America. Yeah. I mean, there's a geographic difference of where they are. South, what? You're talking about the Honduras. You said the Netherlands. 
Netherlands is not on a small okay. spit of land that connects South America yeah. to North America. Honduras is. It yep. has a geographic location that puts it squarely in the middle of the drug war. If you allow quote-unquote, allow a certain, or, or just turn a blind eye to a certain level of drug trade, it seems likely that you could have a real problem. You don't with, think that's already happening with the Honduran government? You don't think I the absolutely. Honduran government That's is- the reason it's so violent there. It's terribly violent, and I just don't know how they'll deal with that particular aspect in there. If they haven't, if they haven't thought about the drug trade going through these city-states, I don't know what they're going to do to handle it. I'm sure the Panama Canal is uh, extremely well-policed, even though it's no longer uh, you know, the canal zone part of the United States government. But Honduras is located in such a location where you could get from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean, and that for drug trade would be huge. By the way, Honduras uh, is listed as number 93 on the list of uh, the Heritage Foundation's list of economic freedom. And economically free states. So is that halfway down the list? It's a little bit lower than half. Lower uh, than so half? It's, it's in the bottom 50% of uh, countries. The lowest number on the list is 165. Excuse me, 179. So North Korea coming in at 179. Yeah, All it's right. just, just <laughs> barely below the halfway point there, uh, Honduras. And uh, so 855-450-FREE, that's the toll-free number. We haven't given you the update, though. Uh, so now you've got kind of the background. They're planning these private cities. They're going to start construction within the next uh, year and a half. And the update is that they actually got in touch with the CEO of the company that's behind this, and they've done an interview with him. And uh, so we'll share what he has to say about the vision for what's supposedly to come. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whatever ends up happening, it is a bold experiment, and I'm excited to watch it happen. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here, 855 855- 450 free is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. We've got listening options, live streams, broadband, narrowband, and even a mid-band stream. So different bit rates for different internet connection speeds. You can go and get tuned in for free over at listen.freetalklive.com and also get a list of our over 100 radio stations, over 110 of them actually, over 110 stations, AM and, AM and FM band across the country. We've also got satellite listening options including XM Satellite Radio where we are heard seven nights per week uh, as well as our free-to-air KU band channel. There's the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. So plenty of ways to get Free Talk Live in your ears. Go to listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in. Privacy is an important aspect of freedom. Um, If you want privacy in doing business online, well, it's really difficult because many of these banking organizations that work online don't have any interest in your privacy. They don't have any interest in you having control over your own account. That's why Bitcoins are important. Bitcoins are an online currency, just like dollars or euros or yuan 
bitcoins are a currency, and with the currency, you can send in the, the software that goes with the currency, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world. You don't need any fees. You don't have to pay 3% to send money around the world. Uh, you have complete control over your own account. You can be your own bank with Bitcoin. You have control of your account. No one can have control of them. No one can counterfeit Bitcoins. No one can uh, you know, get a hold of your Bitcoin account. They can't uh, inflate Bitcoins. They can't make more of them. Well, they can get a hold of your account if they uh, hack your computer or something like if that. If they hack your computer and you haven't uh, put in, in place the, the proper sort of security, no doubt. I mean, if you just have a, a Bitcoin client on your computer and you're not safe with your private key, then, then something could happen. Right. But I should say that they, they, can't, they can't inflate and they cannot counterfeit Bitcoins. And you have control if you uh, you have total control over your account if you yeah. choose that yeah if you put, you know put the right you know security in place and- you can take a risk and put uh, your bitcoins in the hand of some online uh, account holder and we've seen how that's worked out for people it, we in got some screwed cases. on that yep, and then there cases. was another one mark that you said just got hacked recently yep that's true so uh, those things are not they do not have a very good track record thus far from what i've seen what's that online these banks? online bitcoin wallets the ones, this uh, wasn't a Bitcoin wallet. That was a hedge fund uh, that recently got uh, got hacked. Oh, uh, okay. You know, I think that there's going to be some bumps on the road to Bitcoins. the The trick is to you know to, to using Bitcoins. I think the trick is really to not uh, not be the one of the ones that's in the bumps. You know, be secure with your Bitcoins. So you can find out more about Bitcoins by going to weusecoins.org. There's a lot to learn. So we use coins.org, but I think that it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be really important as far as, uh, you know, the changing of the world, bitcoins. So something else that could change the world, maybe, we'll certainly be keeping our eyes on it, is this project in Honduras where Honduras is teaming up with MG, they still have the mistake in this article, by the way, MK, it's either MKG Group or MGK Group. Uh, Michael Strong is the CEO of the organization. They have entered into a memorandum with the Honduras uh, state government to allow them to build three cities. Uh, The first will begin construction within the next 18 months, and uh, it is going to be in the – it's apparently nearby Puerto Castilla on the Caribbean coast. Uh, Apparently the company will be investing $15 million to begin building the basic infrastructure for the city. And the AP has done an update here on this story where they've actually interviewed Michael Strong, who is the CEO of MKG Group. According to the interview done uh, conducted yesterday, Strong said that as soon as the Honduras government gives final approval to the boundaries of the city, uh, the sites, the developers will begin building infrastructure on the first half square mile of the first city, where they hope to have two or three businesses as tenants within 18 months. He says the $15 million investment was contingent on Honduran government approval. He added that no tenants have made commitments to locating in the future private city yet. Puerto Castilla is a village in Honduras, and it doesn't even have, uh, it, you know, here on, on uh, Wikipedia, it doesn't even have a population. Hmm. Uh, the uh, He says that no tenants have committed to locating in the future as of this point, but the investors envision textile manufacturing, small product assembly, and outsourced businesses like call centers or data processing as possibilities. He says that people aren't going to put up big money for something that could fall through. He didn't name any of the investors in the project. He said workers, and he's right. I mean, he's being pretty honest there. This is a risky, risky project. I mean, as you pointed out, Honduras, not exactly a safe place. Uh, so there's risk from that aspect of things, and there's always risk in any kind of business investment as well, just you know, the risk that no one's going to come. I would really like to read their memorandum because I just I can't wrap my head around the idea that the Honduras government would be okay with having an area of their country where there could be 
literally, and I know this is going to an extreme, but literally uh, there could be a genocide there within a city and the Honduras government would have no authority over it unless they, you know, unless they negotiated that. Well, that's just the, you know, that's for me, it was the stickiest point about this article was when we first heard about this months ago uh, and it was a different group, Future Cities was the group that was promoting this idea. The, it sounds like they're somewhat related. There though. may be a connection between the two. We've not yet determined that for sure. But uh, the original concept was that, oh, yeah, it'll be this autonomous zone. But then when you dug further in and got more information, the autonomous zone was subject to all of their laws were subject to Honduran governmental approval. Oh, yeah. So on what one about, hand, they're selling it like it's this free zone. On the other hand, maybe not so much. What about their lack of laws? Is that subject to approval also? Well, there's a little bit more detail here, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to share this as far as the, you know, the technicalities of how this situation uh, will be set up. He said that workers will be able to live in the cities, and the Honduran laws setting up the private areas guarantees that any citizen of the country can also live there. He said it's a full-scale city, or can be a full-scale city, once we have jobs and we'll need affordable housing, schools, clinics, churches, stores, restaurants, and all the businesses that create a real community. The president of Honduras—here's where it gets tricky— the president of Honduras will appoint globally respected international figures without financial interests in the projects to nine-member independent boards that will oversee the running of the cities, whose daily operations will be administered by a board-approved, excuse me, a board-appointed governor. Yeah, there you go. Future appointments Sounds to disturbing. The, future appointments to the board will be decided by votes by standing board members. So the existing board gets to vote whoever it is the new board members. So it's a dictatorship over a small given area. The governors will establish the rules by which the cities are initially run in conjunction with the developers, said Strong. Again, this is the CEO of the company. But those rules can be changed in the future by popular votes among all residents of the cities. Uh-oh. Strong's, not that fond of popular votes, sorry. Yeah, well. Strong said Honduran law would not apply in the cities, but they would have to adhere to international conventions on human rights and other basic principles. Okay. He called the cities based on the best practices of the free trade zones around the world, like uh, in Dubai, and he expected that they would successfully create jobs and help the development of Honduras. He says, in general, free zones have been a spectacular success in terms of economic development I'm very optimistic. Yeah, I think that the that's the one thing these cities have going for them is, you know, in order to be successful, they have to be free. Um, you know, free as in uh, liberty, not free as in beer. And, uh, you know, in order in order to be free, they, you know, they, they have to get these concepts. They have to be, you know, have a foundation of freedom. So likely it'll be some time before they get tyrannical. Who knows how this is all going to play out? And, you know, another big question mark is, the, are these boards that will be appointed by the president of Honduras, but of, you know, staff full of people who allegedly don't have a financial interest in the project? 855-450-FREE, SACL CAI toll free line. You take control. Hi, my name's Tim Cummins. I'm your verbal surgeon, and my job to help you feel Good right now. And every time you listen to my podcast at verbalsurgery.com, you will feel good because you're an awesome person of amazing abilities, incredible skills, and that makes me feel good too. So get with the program, verbalsurgery.com, and feel good now. (laughs) 
You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 855-453 is the number. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website where we've got a lot of stuff. We give it all away. And some of those things include our news updates. You can get signed up on news.freetalklive.com to follow us via Twitter, Facebook, and also email. Emails are the way you get the absolute uh, newsiest updates, the most important stuff about Free Talk Live. Twitter and Facebook, you're going to get more than that. You're going to get updates during the show, uh, kind of uh, live hoots to uh, both Twitter and Facebook at the same time. That's what we do here during uh, like some of the breaks of the show, for instance. We'll ask questions or post some show prep or make some observation, and you're welcome to respond, and sometimes that stuff will get read on the air. Uh, So you can go to news.freetalklive.com to sign up for whatever is uh, attractive to you. That's news.freetalklive.com. Phone lines are brought to you by SACL CAI. The uh, principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty and a big supporter of Free Talk Live. If you've got a company and you want to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI is the one to do it. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. So we've been talking about this Honduras experiment that is uh, just in the Genesis uh, stages. They are... They've signed the agreement uh, with Honduras. This MKG group uh, has signed an agreement to create three cities uh, spread across the Honduran uh, zone. And uh, the cities will be privately run, ostensibly. Although there's some questionable practices at the very top levels where, on one hand, they're claiming that the cities will have uh, private uh, judiciary, laws, governments, and police forces They'll be empowered to sign international agreements on trade and investment and set their own immigration policies. This sounds like a really good thing. But then you've got this other provision where in the updated article from the AP, uh, according to this, the president of Honduras will be appointing, appointing globally respected international figures without financial interest in the projects to nine-member independent boards that will oversee the running of the cities. So on one hand, the claim is that they're independent. On the other hand... The board of governors, or whatever they're going to call this, for the city, are appointed by the president of Honduras, which it's, is a, an incredibly political. Uh, obviously, it's a political appointment. It sounds like the Federal Reserve, actually, where the president <laughs> of the U.S. appoints the board. Yeah, members. it's, it's a, a private area. It's you know a private bank, but you know it's, it's government controlled private bank. Hopefully, the people that set this up, and it seems as though um, what's the organization MK- MKG Group MKG is uh, you know affiliated with Patry Friedman, um, who is a allegedly, know. according to some research a caller did last night. Yep. Okay. Um, and you know, I found that very heartening. And if Patry is involved, then I believe that there's going to be a uh, more than just a nod towards the ideas of liberty. You're, they're not going to be successful if this isn't a free place. Yep. Because cities have all kinds of things to offer. This place has nothing to offer if it isn't free. No doubt. I mean, really, the ultimate question is what level of influence will this board of directors have? Sure. Will this board of directors be like the board that I've sat on in the past, which is basically a do-nothing yes-man board, uh, where you know I, I was on the, uh, the Cheshire TV board here in town of the local cable access channel for a few years, actually, several years. And basically all the board did was just say yes to whatever the executive director wanted to do because he was doing a great job running the organization and, uh, you know, we all liked him. And Nothing so, to talk about. Yeah, whatever you say. Yes, yes, yes. There, just, there can't be any way that this, that this could happen without Honduras having its own policing agents within these cities because think about it. It would be such a huge threat to the uh, sovereignty of the country to have – uh, the possibility of someone else coming in, taking over one of these autonomous areas, and then uh, 
you know, having weapons and arms that could be used against the Honduras people. So they, they've got to have some type of... Uh, There's no shortage of city-states in the world. I mean, France, is France uh, threatened by Andorra? Is, uh, you know, is the population of Switzerland threatened by Liechtenstein? Uh, I know that there are several autonomous city-states right within the, within, completely encompassed by the country of South Africa, and um, mm-hmm. they... You know, somehow or another, they haven't been used by the KGB to take down these countries, mostly because no one cares. Yeah, but we're talking about like the drug cartel capital of the world. That's true. There's, so, there's a there's an aspect to it. But the drug cartel could buy El Salvador if they really wanted to. I could buy some Greece islands as well. Why hmm. would you buy them? Um, I mean, if you're talking about on being on, because you know, the drug cartels really do operate best by skulking about. Mm-hmm. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to engage the Marines. That's true. Yeah, but if they owned their own country, they could have their own flagged vessels, and then the Marines wouldn't be able to engage them. You think? Yeah, you I think mean, the United States would just not engage with a country that decided that it was going to flout the, uh, the, the their their laws as well, far as drugs? Well, I think they would probably declare war on that country and then just obliterate them. But right, <laughs> but I think that that's probably what the drug dealers think too. Yeah, that's probably why they didn't do it. Never well, mind. It would be interesting to uh, you know maybe I know Mark, you do an interview series called Edgington Post, and uh, you pl- post those on our SoundCloud uh, page at Mm -hmm. freetalklive.com. You click on the left-hand side under Listen and Share. Click to the SoundCloud link. You'll see some of those uh, Edgington Post episodes. And maybe it would be interesting to try to get this guy on, uh, you know, the CEO of this uh, this company. Send me whatever information you have. Maybe put him on Free Talk Live if we can find him. Obviously, the AP guy was able to find him uh, for this report. AP has more resources than (laughs) Free Talk Live does. Well, our caller last night said he had looked on uh, like a Wikipedia page about Patry Friedman or Mm -hmm. something like that and and had found a link to somehow that he was linked to this Michael Strong guy. So you know Patry Friedman, maybe reach out to him. Because it would be interesting to ask him these questions like, uh, well, what about the drug cartels? You know, What are you going to do there? How's that going to factor in? Governments are all about control of their turf. And there's I, I this sounds great, but I just can't imagine. I mean, people in Honduras who, who occupy government office and enact government policies aren't all that different from people who are in office here. In no. the, so, I mean, and they want to control what's theirs. So to to think that they would give up that much autonomy, I, I just... Well, it's shocking, but it must be for some significant amount of money. Right. There's think. a big check that was written in order to be able to set up these autonomous cities. And Honduras is not a country that's used to big checks. Um, so, you know, they, they do sell some level of sovereignty. Most of these South American countries, you can buy citizenship for a relatively small amount of money compared to... Uh, you know, say the United States or something like that. So y- you can buy your way in when it comes to these things. And I'm not surprised that somebody said, sure, we'll sell you some forest land for a ridiculous amount of money and give you some, right. so, some level of sovereignty in it. 2013 is shaping up to be an interesting year, at least uh, 2013, 2014, that range, shaping up to be an interesting couple of years. You've got the uh, the Blue Seed Blue Project. Blue Seed supposed to come on online in December 2013 if it stays on target. Right. So Blue Seed is uh, this vessel... That is going to exist out in supposedly in international waters, if I'm not mistaken. Thirteen miles uh, west of Silicon, of the Silicon, the the coast of the Silicon Valley. Yeah, and but, so they're going to be inviting uh, you know business operators to operate out there and kind of seed their businesses uh, in an area of alleged freedom. Well, that that would only twelve miles out, or I think it. You'd need to go, I think, fourteen miles out, but that would get you free from the state government, but not the federal government. 
Oh, really? Yeah. What's uh, the federal uh, zone? I believe it's it's either 200 or 300 miles. Yeah, that's like the, the fishing zone. The though. exclusion zone. No, I mean, the actual... Oh, th- th- you mean that other foreign vessels can't come in? Well, I mean, foreign vessels can come in, but they're subject to being stopped by the Coast Guard, by the Coast Guard or the Navy and... Uh, I, I'm going to assume that the folks from Blue Seed, and I don't know for certain, but I'm going to assume that they've had lawyers check this out and say, "Well, this is the the distance that one has to be." If they if not, then they've they're, they've got a really you know messed up business model, and they're in big trouble. Well, that's what's going to be interesting is the next couple of years you're going to watch uh, Blue Seed and whether they sink or swim, and uh, also this Honduras project whether this thing takes root. Uh, well, the- so you, you're going to actually have a couple of different uh, competing we're the free place kind of options i was really concerned with the idea of blue seed and and you know the seasteading places when it came to the ideas of banking because it's one thing to you know do have some drugs out there and some hookers and some gambling and and whatever it is Mm -hmm. that they may outlaw on the land and not have to pay property taxes or you know income taxes actually if you're an american citizen you'd still have to pay income taxes if you're out there according to their rules um but it's another thing entirely if you're running a free banking system. If you ran a banking system where it was backed by value, then you'd be a threat to the Federal Reserve, sure. the, the World Bank, Bitcoin, and though. all these things. But that's the thing. Bitcoins came online really in the last the right couple time. of years. Yeah. Uh, the C-setting isn't brand new. And it changed everything. Everybody can be their own bank now. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you mentioned property taxes. That makes me wonder, you know, what's this Honduras city what is it going to do as far as its operational budget is concerned? How are they going to set that up? This will be interesting to, to find out over time. Free Talk. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Coming up, if you don't use Facebook, apparently something's wrong with you, according to the German government. German newspapers. We'll, uh, we'll find out. Uh, German newspapers. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll find out what that's all about here in a little bit. Uh, but, of course, your calls, uh, if you make them, we'll take them about whatever's on your mind. 855-450-3733. What would it take to get you to move to one of these Honduran free zones or ostensibly free zones? I would think that, you know, we're talking about this news that uh, has hit via the AP that Honduras has entered into an agreement with a private uh, company to create three private cities that will supposedly have autonomy. They'll be able to set their own laws, have their own justice system, police and courts and, you know, the whole deal uh, that they'll be able to enter into international agreements without the approval of the Honduran government. Uh, So the way this is being pitched sounds even better than what we'd heard before with the the Future Cities Project 
project getting involved with Honduras. And it sounds like they're moving forward with this. They're inevitably going to have to make this pretty attractive, especially in the beginning. I mean, you know, if, if you're going to take the risk of going down to Honduras, basically in the woods of Honduras, where apparently the indigenous folks are not too happy about this deal being done, according to the article. We didn't share that part of the story Not tonight, all of but, them. Um, I think the indigenous people will get darn happy when there's work to be done and money to be made. Um, I guess that depends on the goals of the, those well, people. Okay, so you you're know. thinking in, in collectives, all right? Um, Some just, of them might want to stay right just, where they are. Yeah, just just saying when the government of New Hampshire says something, it's not speaking for me. Right. And when whatever spokesperson for whatever indigenous people might be in the immediate vicinity of where this place is, uh, or claiming, I mean, you know, they could have huge swaths of land claiming to be in charge here, yeah. says, we don't like it. We didn't get our big payoff that we wanted to get. Doesn't mean that they speak for the indigenous people who are likely no picking bananas out of the trees in order to to survive. Um, Some of them might like that lifestyle. They're gonna, well, they, they may very well. Not everybody well. who's indigenous is looking to move into the not everybody you know, the that first is. World. But uh, you know, there's there's a lot of advantages to the to living a lifestyle where you can have you know a, a, a toilet that flushes. Um, this sort of seems like the movie Avatar, where you know there's it could be it could end up being like that. I mean, if you've got uh, you know, Mark, obviously your speculation is, is accurate. Not everybody thinks the same way. But, you know, these folks that are living in the jungle, if that's where they're living, could move into, you know, Tegucigalpa. Tegucigalpa, yeah. It's Tegucigalpa. Yeah, Which is could, an extraordinarily you know, dangerous place yes. and metropolitan. Maybe some of them are going to be absolutely elated to see these uh, private cities showing up. But maybe some of them are going to want to cause trouble. So, again, you know, it's going to be have to be a pretty attractive situation yeah you know what's it going to take to get you to make the move down to honduras no property tax well would that be one absolutely tax you know for me from a moral standpoint i'd love to be in a place where i'm paying a fee to live there like a hotel Mm -hmm. uh, rather than uh, you know property taxes and i don't want to and taxes to a government that harms people and i don't want in a situation where i'm just paying you know rent and saying i don't pay property taxes when in fact the landlord's paying property taxes i'm not looking for that situation either but it would also have to be my dollar would have to go farther Um, i'd have to be able to do business in the united states Right. And, so uh, good internet connection. Yep, good internet connections would be hugely important. Um, you know, all the facilities you have. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if uh, if you could have the amenities as far as the foods that I like to eat and uh, mm-hmm. the restaurants I want to go to. The sort well, of entertainment being, that my family's used to. If it ends up being a free zone, then you'll probably have a you know a nice international flavor. There'll probably be a lot of folks coming from all around the world to do business there. It's sort of like Hong Kong, right? And Hong Kong's kind of interesting to look at here. You talked about city-states. City-state isn't really the right term for Hong Kong necessarily, I don't think. It's pretty close. But it's close. Like, it was uh, controlled by the British government until 1997, I believe it was, when their 100-year lease... Their 100-year lease ran out around that time, and then China took it over. And basically, you know, right around then, uh, or, you know, folks that have been observing have said that essentially China has kind of kept their hands off. Well, uh, and, and even more so, China's become, in the taking of Hong Kong, Hong Kong, rather than China coming and taking over Hong Kong, it looks more like Hong Kong took over China. Because or of the has ideas. had an influence on yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it. The ideas have uh, been pervasive. Hong Kong's an extraordinarily uh, free and capitalistic place, whereas uh, China wasn't at the time mm-hmm. and has become much more so. Right. So a lot of people were afraid that the uh, China government would come in there with, you know, sort of the iron fist and really crack down and, and crush uh, the freedoms that the people in Hong Kong had. And they didn't do that. 
And so I think that may speak to whether or not the Honduran government is going to do the same thing. If these things become golden geese, uh, these these three cities, these free cities, they're going to start with one, uh, but the plan is to go to three. If these, if these become golden geese, then uh, maybe Honduras will keep their hands off and they'll just you know, be content to benefit from all of the, things that, the good things that are coming out of them into the rest of the cities in, uh, in Honduras. There's been lots of golden geese around the world that have been ignored because of pressure from the U.S. federal government. And, I mean, these economically free areas in our hemisphere, you know, so close, uh, it could be a problem. Um, I want to know, can golden geese kind of move around and lay golden eggs? Well, if you chase them, I'm sure they'll run. Okay. What are you getting at? Uh, the, the, it's the goose that laid the golden egg. Yes. Geese that lay golden eggs. Right. Not golden geese. There is no story Good point. behind golden geese. <laughs> golden geese would be the sort of thing that you'd stick on the front of a very <laughs> ostentatious automobile. Yeah, I get, what you're, uh, I get where you're coming from. Um. Yeah, and you, know, you could ask also ask yourself: Would these be uh, if you know in, in that case if they're golden geese, could they be then ganders? Because I, if I had a go- goose that laid a golden egg, it would be a golden geese to me, though. Or okay, golden goose to me. Fine. Um, I, yeah, I don't think you're going anywhere. I think it'd be unwise to uh, kill off the goose that lays the golden egg yeah. um, in 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 this circumstance. But I also wonder, you know, what kind of drawing power do these places have? New Hampshire allows. There's lots of libertarian types. Um, we're here for the Free State Project. Yes. You can find out more at freestateproject.org. There are lots of libertarian types in uh, New York, California, New Jersey, and very high tax places. Illinois. Yes. Those people aren't picking up and moving to the Free State Project at any breakneck speed. That's true. There, uh, you know, have been about a thousand, maybe a thousand fifty, who have moved in the last. Six years, more than six years, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we, you, you better believe more people are going to start moving once we, you know, once we have more effect on the government in Concord and you know have more uh, civil libertarian policies. People are going to be like, "Wow, that that state's pretty cool." I didn't think you could have that. Agreed. Um, there's, you know, certainly they have the ability to be more free than New Hampshire is currently. But you're but saying New Hampshire it's slow going. significantly freer than New York. Yep. It, I mean, it's a big difference, and New Hampshire's moving uh, when when the the tax rate has been reduced by twelve percent in the last uh, was it biennium or was it the last year? Don't ask me. I okay. just heard that they cut the budget. Recently, cut the budget by twelve percent. So, I mean, it's moving in the right direction. There's not enough track record uh, to say that it is you know staying at uh, right. you know a rate of ten percent reduction every year. Or yeah, if they do like it that. five years in a row, that'll be great. That'd be tremendous. But I mean, you can see. You can see that it, it's not easy to draw people for that particular purpose. I mean, well, it's hard to get people to pick up their lives and move, especially productive folks with uh, businesses and families. It's yeah. very difficult. I mean, it's hard to. I mean, can you imagine what it would take to move your stuff from the United States to Honduras? Probably a couple thousand bucks, I would think. I would think it might even be more. I can't even imagine what it'd be like trying to drive a rider truck through Mexico and uh, oh, to Nicaragua drive it down? and yeah. you know these kind of things. I was thinking hiring a, a boat, like a shipping container or something. Yeah, maybe like you'd uh, you know maybe you'd have a shipping you know, a company that would do such. Because it would make more sense if this. It sounds like this first city is going to be on the water. Most uh, people who've moved here have moved via U-Haul, rider, or Penske truck. Yeah. It sounds like this, you know, this place in Honduras, the first city. It sounds like it's going to be on the water. You've looked at the map, Mark. Yep. Is it, is it a water? Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a port. Uh, so yeah, it would make sense to just ship things directly there. Yeah, I think. but again, if you have a, a port for sea vessels, that is a prime location for drug smuggling, and I, I just can't, I cannot get my mind around the idea that the Honduran government will tell the U.S. government to go pound sand about their. Uh, control of the drug trade in Central America. I just 
Who knows? Maybe the drug dealers are involved in uh, being investors in this thing. I mean, we don't know who the uh, where the fifteen million dollars is coming from. Uh, a lot of uh, these drug cartels. That's pennies for the drug cartels. Yeah, the drug cartels have got rooms full of that much cash. Yep. <laughs> they, I mean, they have some really uh, intelligence. Excuse me, intelligent business people who help them with their with with their products. So. Yeah, I mean, if I were if I were in charge of a cartel down in South America, I'd be at the bottom, you know, the ground floor of this, just for a few million bucks to throw around to have a potentially you know safer zone to uh, to ship drugs in and out of. Mm. I'd be on the ground floor of that. I think drugs are the net death knell of these particular city states. Yep. Exactly. Well, you can't keep drugs out of them. I'm no. not going to move to a place where they're trying to. Dr- There's mean- a drug war in high gear. That's not going to be very attractive. <laughs> well, I- you're already here, Ian. So, I mean, why would you move somewhere that's just like here? It's bad here, but it's not as bad. It's not as bad in New Hampshire, I think, as it is in some other places. That's like true. Florida, like Tegucigalpa, there aren't armed Marines representing the military yet. All right. So, uh, your thoughts are welcome. Eight five five four fifty free. Coming up, Facebook. According to German newspapers. If you don't if you don't have a Facebook account, something is wrong with you. You might even be a serial killer. Isn't that what they're going to tell us? Well, there's certainly something wrong with you. That's we'll the get claim. the details here in a moment. 855-450-3733. Hour 2's next. You can bring up anything free talk live. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, Government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, available now free in HD. See it now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything that you want. 855-453-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy those features there. We give them away, and uh, it's all free. In fact, you get to control the content as well. So not only is the site free, but it's all the stuff that you see there was created by listeners like you. So when you find something online that you think is interesting, you want to share it with other listeners of the show as well as possibly get it on the air, you can submit it as show prep, and, uh, and then it appears on the Upcoming Stories page. So when you go to freetalklive.com, click Upcoming Stories to see what the latest uh, is that's on the site, and then you can vote on that stuff, vote it up or down, and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site. So head on over to freetalklive.com. And get interactive. We're going to go uh, international here, Mark, uh, with a story that uh, is coming out of Germany, where apparently some newspaper folk over there are saying that if you don't have a Facebook account, you could be a serial killer. It's from Psychology Today, reporting on some news from Germany. Uh, recent news stories, uh, this is from Scott uh, McGreal. Recent news stories have suggested that employers may be reluctant to hire people 
without Facebook without a Facebook profile on the the grounds that Facebook usage has become so common that ha- not having an account is to seem somewhat abnormal. This concern appears to have been compounded by a lurid report in a German newspaper that alleged mass killers James Holmes and uh, this, that's that, the Colorado guy. That's the Colorado guy, and then the guy up in like Sweden or whatever. Uh, the dude that a- shot up the camp, Anders Berig. Br- Breivik? That's the guy that shot up the political camp, I think it is. I don't know. I mean, I haven't checked. uh, You know, somebody... Anyway, I'm going to assume it's a serial killer or a mass killer, as I say here. Yeah, that was the guy, the political guy that uh, skinhead dude. I um, did not have Facebook accounts, leading to the rather hysterical conclusion that not having an account could be the first sign that you are a mass murderer. (laughs) Well, I mean... Okay, I see where they're coming from. It's a ridiculous uh, extrapolation to make from a very small amount of data. But it certainly might be true that people who are antisocial might be more likely to be serial killers and so therefore less likely to have Facebook accounts. But, I mean, if you are going to be an effective serial killer, aren't you going to want to Facebook stalk people? Maybe you would have a uh, an account that is not you. Ah, a fake account with a, a fake profile picture. Right. Ah, I see. But then again... If people have their privacy settings turned up correctly, a fake account won't do you much good. Right. Because? Well, if somebody... Well, Mark, you used to accept anybody into your Facebook account. So I do. So, in your case... What, you do? I do, yeah. All right. So, in your case, then, uh, the you know, the, the creepy stalkers could easily become your friends. Yeah, I don't but care. But if, you know, if somebody, somebody you don't know sends you a, a friend invitation on Facebook... You you know if you don't accept it, they're not in your inner circle at that point, so. and they can't see what's on your wall necessarily, or whatever unless it is you make that, it public, whatever it is that you allow them to see. Yeah. I mean, I have seen people's accounts where I can see their pictures, and I've seen people's accounts where I cannot. Right. So, done a little stalking myself there. <laughs> is there any substance to these concerns? I prefer the term creeping. Okay. I don't think either of them is is accurate at all. You put pictures out, people are going to want to see some of them. Yeah. Sleuthing. You know, people want to see pictures. I mean, I go on the internet, I see pictures of cats, I see pictures of people, I see pictures of all kinds of things. You know, surprise, I like to look at pictures on the internet. Doesn't mean, uh, you know, doesn't mean anything. I don't, you know, why uh, people make such uh, statements about it. Research suggests that although not having a Facebook account might be unusual nowadays, it's hardly cause for alarm. Indeed, the fact that someone has an account is hardly a credential of mental health either, and may be associated with its own problems, admittedly. Absolutely. Minor ones. I'm hooked. (laughs) An Australian study examined personality differences between people with and without Facebook accounts. This is apparently the Ryan and Zenos 2011 uh, study. People with an account were found to be more extroverted and narcissistic. Mm. Whereas those without an account were found to be more conscientious and shyer. Do you know anybody who doesn't have a Facebook account? Uh, One of the guys that moved up recently didn't have one for a long time, but I guess he's got one because there's a lot of people that have them up here and he wanted to connect with the community. Does he seem conscientious or shy to you? No, no. He's the one-man rock band, so he's more than happy to get up on a stage and perform. They found that those without an account experienced more social loneliness. But those with an account experienced more family loneliness. Hmm. So they looked at the time spent on Facebook per day among users and found time spent was positively correlated with narcissism and loneliness and negatively correlated with conscientiousness. 
All of those effects tend to be small. These findings seem comparable to those of a study comparing users of Facebook and Twitter, respectively, which found that people who preferred Facebook tended to be more extroverted and sociable compared to Twitter users, but also more neurotic and less intellectually oriented. Interesting. So there you go. So Twitter users, smarter. Okay. A little more introverted is what they're saying. Facebook users, narcissistic uh, and extroverted. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm finished. I do both. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Although I didn't like Twitter for a while. I don't know if I still like Twitter, but people use it, so that's why I'm there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's hard to say with Free Talk Live we're on Twitter because, um, you know, it's it, it's beneficial to the show. I, but, I get it now more than I did in the past, yeah. and that helps Twitter. You know, one of the things that I found, uh, you know, strange here is sometimes things will happen to me during the day or I'll find news stories or things that are funny on the Internet or whatever. Mm-hmm. and I'll post them to my Facebook page. Right. Your personal to, page. to my, you know, to, to my group of, uh, of friends. Whereas, you know, sometimes I think, you know, maybe this should go on Free Talk Live's page. So it's just kind of separating which personality and which page that I would want to put that stuff on. Hmm. My, so. my suggestion for everybody is don't put anything on Facebook that you don't want the government to see. Because yeah, absolutely. Because they can see all of it without or a Or potential employers. Or- like, I mean, the Central Intelligence Agency I mean, and the FBI, they should be able to uh, cut their manpower down just for the simple fact that uh, you know, they don't have to follow people around anymore. You just have to look at their follow Facebook. Follow their Facebook page. Right. Exactly. You can see exactly where I am at any given time, and so what? There you well, go. that's how I feel about it. I mean, I kind of try to live my life as though I am already being watched very closely by those people. Yeah, whatever. Going on, this might... Uh, what this might suggest is a potential employer concerned about whether an applicant has a Facebook account or not. On the one hand, mm. uh, those who have an account will tend to be more outgoing and less shy, which would be important in jobs involving, say, a great deal of face-to-face interaction. On the other hand, those who do not have an account tend to be higher in conscientiousness, suggesting they're more likely to be hardworking, uh, persevering and uh, they're certainly less likely oriented. to spend time on Facebook. I can tell you that. I mean, if uh, if you've got a job at which someone has to be on a computer and Facebook isn't blocked through the uh, you know the company's internal uh, firewall system, oh, you can you can get around that. You know, yeah, you can get around it. But the average person doesn't know how to use Tor and things like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say that if you were uh, hiring somebody and they are an active Facebook user, that means they're probably more likely to be at uh, on Facebook while on duty and therefore less productive. I, I know a, I am. I got a reprimand for uh, the amount of time I spent on FARC at a uh, last at, at my at a job previously, hmm. and now you know and that to was pre Facebook, pre Facebook. Yeah. I, mean, I think Facebook was on, but I just didn't care that much about it. Last I, time you had a job, Facebook yeah, might have just come out. Yeah, that was like when it was the college Facebook back then. I think then. I, I remember think that. Later than that. But, you had to yeah. prove that you were a college student yeah. to get on there. Because Facebook started as a college tool. I don't think it was in 2006, though. Okay. I agree with you that that's the, how it started, but yeah. uh, I think it was, uh, you know, they changed over earlier than that. Anyway, you know, what I would do is I'd leave the page open on my browser and I'd look at it at certain times of the day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, what it appeared to be is that I was looking at uh, FARC for hours at work, whereas, in fact, it was just open on the browser and not, uh, you know, sure not front forward. So That's what I don't they all that, say, Mark. That's they, what they all I, say. I don't know that one necessarily knows anything by looking at the, uh, you know, the, the clocks that these, uh, you know, that they can look, they can track people's uh, internet usage by. So anyway, you know, and I didn't. The reprimand was rather light because I was the most productive salesperson that uh, yeah. that they had there. Um, so you know, what are they going to say? Exactly. Somehow or another, you can look at Fark for 
seven hours a day and be more productive than everybody else who's not, I guess is the claim. You can take control here, 855-453. Certainly your observations about uh, Facebook users versus not. I mean, obviously they're talking very generally here, and uh, it's kind of interesting. This fa- Facebook, whether we like it or not, has become a real significant portion of the online world yep. and therefore the rest of the world as well. 855-450-3733. And, of course, therefore it has... Benefits and detriments. Free Talk Live. You take- Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. i will work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us over at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, including archives that go all the way back to late 2006. Just click and download. They're yours. uh, The last seven days' worth right at the top of the site. And then if you want more than that, you can just click into the archive section or go to the SoundCloud page. SoundCloud located on the left-hand side of our website under Listen and Share. You'll find the SoundCloud link there. Makes it easy when you're on the SoundCloud page to click the Share button on whatever archive you want and share that with, uh, and it could be our show, it could also be Edgington Postmarks inter- interview series. They're also listed there as well. But you can share it with whoever you want, online, uh, your social networks, Facebook uh, or Twitter. There are both options there, as well as other social networking sites that are less popular. You can go to freetalklive.com and download as many archives as you like. What social networking uh, sites that are less popular are you talking about? Reddit. Okay, yeah. Reddit's kind of popular. And it's social networking, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, when it comes to uh, you know being on the road and being in a situation, whether it's an accident or a pullover by a police officer, um, you don't want the scenario to occur where... Somebody remembers something different, whether it's the police officer or somebody you've been in an accident with or whatever, remembering reality different than what you remember it as, and then you not having uh, the ability to refute what they say. Look, I think that it's reasonably safe to say that uh, most of the time that a police officer says something happened and you say it didn't happen, that the you know the judge is going to go with – judge or jury is mm-hmm. likely to go with what the police officer said. So if you have a video and audio – and, uh, you know, a built-in GPS, which records your driving route and speed on a camera device in your car, then you've got a whole new witness there. It's like insurance for these situations. And it's relatively cheap insurance. Most insurance you have to pay, you know, every six months, every three months, whatever. Not with the Freedom Cam. Go to freedomcam.net. You've got one. It works. It's in your car. You know, I suppose electronics break Maybe it's good for 10 years or something like that. Couldn't tell you how long, but uh, you'll be able to, you know, transfer it from one car to another. I've done so, whether it's for traffic stops. If or, that thing lasts you 10 years, the Freedom Cam 7 or whatever it is that's out by then will be so awesome. Yeah, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. 10 years might be pushing. I don't know. I don't know how long it would last. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Whether it's for traffic stops or all other driving incidents, you can protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. They take... Bitcoins, for those of you who wish Excellent. to use the uh, the internet currency. Also, the uh, the dash cam is on sale. So this Ooh. is for a limited time. 
Go there. Get it. If you've been thinking about getting it, get it. Uh, this might be your only opportunity to get it on sale. It's freedomcam.net. All right. He hasn't had a sa- he hasn't had a sale up to this point. No, that's that's a, that's a great uh, promotion. So eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Yeah, it's down uh, thirty bucks off the regular price. It's a good deal. Pretty cool. All right, so uh, you know, comments uh, further on Facebook, Twitter, addictions. Uh, I don't know. I, I've admitted before I have a problem, uh, a Facebook problem. I don't know about uh, the rest of you guys, but I, I can admit that uh, that I have a problem. I have a problem with the games <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, there's a, a game I play in particular. That, Farmville. Uh, it's it's not Farmville, but a lot it's of a people. Dragon game or something. What is it? Yeah, I pretty much abandoned that one. There's a new one. It's what uh, now? Marvel's Avengers Alliance. Oh, of course. Yeah. And do you uh, get to be Captain America? Uh, you can use Captain America, but you are actually a shield agent. What do you do? Is it one of those uh, games where you have to like build some kind of a farm-like thing that sustains itself, or is it just go kick some butt kind of? Yeah, you're fighting game? bad guys and building a you know, character that has uh, more. You know, you, you collect superheroes, you move them up in levels, and you know, collect some stuff. And this is a game that is only available through Facebook, as far as I know. See, now, I have no familiarity with this whatsoever. You've I've blocked never, all the games, right? I've never blocked a, I mean, I guess I've seen those updates from people, and I have blocked the updates or whatever mm-hmm. from coming through because I just don't care. But uh, I've never actually taken the time to go and play one of these games. And it's probably for the best, right? Because then I, if I don't ever <laughs> no try, benefit. I can't get hooked if I don't ever try. Right? No benefit. Yeah. <laughs> So these things truly so, are designed in the, the they say they design the internet games in order to uh, you know to kind of feed you a little pellet of good mm-hmm. uh, good tasting uh, treat every few minutes or something like that. This is how they drive rats crazy. Is that right? Um, you know, with, uh, with with heroin or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I think that there's some kind of we read an article from Cracked yeah. uh, probably a couple of years ago now about online games and how they keep people hooked on them. Some of the devious methods. Are very very effective at keeping people hooked on on these games, and they're, sort of it's work fascinating. With human, human nature, yeah, and uh, work against human nature well, right. or with human nature. They, they get to uh, to create the illusion that you're actually getting something from it, right? Besides just sinking time into uh, to these games. And again, you know, whatever your hobby is, hey, I love games. I wish I had more time to uh, to play games. Um, and but over time, you know, as I've become older, I've looked at games as like exactly what they are—a time sink. It's just a way to sink time. You know, if you beat the game. You get to see some sort of uh, graphic that the average movie. person doesn't see, and that's it. You know, you've won the game. You get whatever personal satisfaction comes out of being able to press the buttons. In I don't the think right these order. Facebook games even have winning uh, winning scenarios. Though. Right, you can't win. Right, you, you no, play forever. It's just, it's just, <laughs> there's one of them I've been playing for the, you know, the 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 Castle Age, which I really don't play that much anymore. Uh, I've been playing that for years. It's like a couple those, of years, uh, like those old Atari twenty six hundred games that just seem to go level after level after level after level and you'd like never reach Pac-Man, the end. Pac-Man, it doesn't stop. I, I actually believe those games do have ends, but they feel like they, they don't because they just keep going and going and going. There might be some games that don't actually ever end. They just I crank up the difficulty or randomize the levels the, or something like that. The Pac-Man that. on Atari 2600 was the same level each time, so what did they have to do different? How did... Uh, it was the same thing every time. The same pattern over and over okay, again. Okay, but how does this Avengers game go forever? Is this one of those games that goes forever? I mean, a, a punch-and-kick game, typically, you know, on a, like a more classic console system, you're going through levels, beating up bad guys, and then you reach the end of the game, rescue the girl, and it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, what, no how's, no girl. How is this different, though? Like, you know, once you've gone through level 1 through 10, are, what changes? I mean, what changes to keep you hooked they you know you just have you just keep building uh your you, you know you just keep on building up your levels and getting more little 
Are you beating boss boss guys? There's bosses. So the object is to what? Get more points than everybody else on Facebook, or like what's what's the object of the game? Are there objects in these games? Is it just to sink time? There are two. Two aspects to this particular game, and I'm not advocating anyone go on and uh, get get involved because it's you know it's just a, just a waste of time. But there's uh, the sort of duel aspect where you can you fight other Facebook yeah, players. You can duel uh, other Facebook players, and, other and is it like Marvel a team Avenger. of Marvel Avengers versus another team of Avengers? Yes, you put together your little team of three, and they put together their team of three. Your agent must be on the team, and then you pick two other superheroes, and um, hmm. you know you fight each other's uh, build as they call it and and when you're fighting are you actually you know hitting you know a and b to punch and kick or is it more of no. like uh your statistics get dice rolled against their statistics and you know, somebody comes out a winner you choose uh what uh, you have a four attacks you can choose them as you go mm-hmm. but it's not a you know you have to punch the buttons really quickly yeah. or anything th- sort of thing you know the character is going to do and or miss so would you say it's more of a strategy game than there's it is some strategy action? to uh to these particular things yeah sure their strategy i'm fascinated by this brad you're just uh <laughs> watching this happen have i'm just ever, i'm just listening to you guys really be amused at all this how do, have you ever done any of these games on facebook never them? never i get i get requests and i'm just like x close it i recommend that i'm more of a duke nukem 3d kind of guy uh, you know <laughs> there's certainly games that one can play online i you know i mean i i got sucked in because it's marvel avengers and yeah. i you know have been a fan of the avengers and previously you were playing what some dragon game or something yeah, castle age was the name gotcha. of it yeah 855-450-FREE that's the SACL cai toll free line so i know what it's like to lose uh you know interest in one of the games and just move on to another one so there's not even like a cash prize involved or anything like no that. no as a matter of fact they want money from you for right. certain uh, bonuses certain <laughs> bonuses brilliant 855-450-FREE SACL cai toll free line you can take control here bring up whatever you want tell us about your addiction are you looking for camping hunting or shooting gear ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive on the bulletin board system where we've got a whole lot of people interacting uh, who are fans of this show. And it's it's something, one of the many free features on our site. Go to uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. Also, visit freestateproject.org if you love the ideas of liberty. And, you know, maybe you're not quite ready for this whole let's go down to Honduras thing and roll the dice with the indigenous people there that might be kind of angry and maybe want to kill us. And the uh, civil war that's going on. Yeah, for taking over their native lands. Uh, and you're not so sure about how those things are going to end up panning out. You can go to a liberty movement that actually exists, is growing, and is becoming more effective over time. And that's the New Hampshire Free State Project. It's a movement of thousands of like-minded people. Over a thousand are already here. But 
thousands have signed up, over 12,500 people last time I looked with the current signing uh, number. These are people who pledged to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project to get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. We want to give those uh, Honduras cities and the Blue Seed guys a run for their money, and we've got a good 10-year head start on them. So uh, go to freestateproject.org, learn more about uh, the Free State Project, and get signed up. Get up here with other people that are actually doing things. Brad here is actually a New Hampshire native, uh, was uh, a police officer for well over a decade. Yeah. And uh, you have left uh, being a police officer. Now you're running for sheriff a few years later as a liberty-minded guy. Yeah, and- I, I think a lot of uh, protection of people's rights can come from uh, running for the office of high sheriff here in New Hampshire. And uh, my wife Ashley and I live in Gorham. We were actually going to move up to uh up to northern New Hampshire later this year, but we decided we wanted to move earlier because we wanted to uh, apply for this job. And uh, the primary is coming up on next the, week. Yeah, next week on the 11th. Uh, we're still looking for donations, though. So if anyone uh, is feeling charitable, please consider going to bradforsheriff.com and uh, using our chip in. We'd appreciate can it. Can you take money from outside of New Hampshire? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, we can take money from anywhere. If it's more than $25, we have to report your name. What about Germany? Germany. Ooh, I don't. I honestly don't think we can do that. No. Hmm. Can't take international contributions. Yeah, I think it would have to be somebody who's a United States citizen. What if, I guess. what if someone in Germany wanted to give you, Brad Jardis, some money? Not the campaign for Brad Jardis. Sure, I'll take money from any from anyone anywhere in the world. So there you go. That could yeah. be a way around it. Uh, Not that well, I'm trying to suggest you're getting around uh, oh, well, I campaign mean, finance. If, if you Is send- there somebody in Germany that wants to give him money? Yeah. No, just, you know, we do have international listeners Indeed. who might... There could be someone right now in Bratislava who just wants to send me money. You never right. know. They might just Anywhere. want to help Brad because Brad's a good guy. <laughs> or they like hearing him on the show. They want just to give him a make tip. It clear. Uh, so bradforsheriff.com. That's correct. All right. That's, uh, that's a great you. thing. And by the way, you know that would probably not be happening now had it not been for the Free State Project. Yeah. Uh, you probably wouldn't have your lovely wife. And yes, that's you true. probably wouldn't be running for sheriff, and who knows what you'd be doing right now. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot of positive change going on in this country, and um, you know, the uh, there's a reason why Dr. Paul has endorsed the Free State Project, mm-hmm. and especially after so many people are becoming completely disillusioned with the, uh, the idea of ever having a fair shot at federal politics, uh, there's a lot that can be done at the state level, at you know county, state, local, community level, and that's what we're working on here. I mean, you folks here in Keene certainly uh, do some some different styles of activism. Um, different places in the state are, are you know into politics, and uh, that's sort of my shtick. We got some politics going on here now. Um, I mean, I'm running for a state rep, right? Oh, talk, right, uh, but Dar- that. Daryl uh, Perry from FPP.cc is running for uh, what is it? I think the property. <laughs> The Register of Deeds. Register of Deeds, But yeah. But what I would like to know, Ian, is since you are pretty, uh, you're vehement against swearing an oath to the federal constitution, which yeah. you have to do to be a New Hampshire state representative. He's running as a libertarian. I don't think that this even enters into the, the question. He's not going to win. You're asking, can I swear the oath to uh, the oath of office? Is yeah. No, there's no way I could possibly swear an oath to the U.S. government. Well, then you could. Well, it's it, the oath itself isn't to the U.S. government. It is to the federal constitution, which was which established the federal government. Really? Yes. I'll have to review that again because it made it sound to me like it was an oath to the United States. No, it's to the federal constitution. There, there seems to be a lot of confusion about this. Police do not swear an oath to uphold the law. They swear an oath to uphold the Constitution, and the Constitution allows the government to make certain laws. And certain laws, if they're unconstitutional, uh, 
the government doesn't have the authority to enforce, for no. example. No, you're wrong, man. The, uh, the oath of office right here from the state constitution includes, I do solemnly swear I'll bear faith and true allegiance to the United States of America and the state of New Hampshire and will support the constitution thereof. So it says allegiance to the United States, which is the, fed, you know, that's the federal government. Uh, and whatever they say goes. I don't think that means the government apparatus. I, I think <laughs> I, 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 you know, call me wrong. I, I think it has to do with the... United States of America is the you know the corporation known as the United States of America. That is your federal government. The, well, That's what they're referring to. The there. federal government is uh, an entity that exists within the United States of America. They're not saying you no no no. The United States is the entity. It is the you know there is America and then there's the United States of there's North America there's America and then there's the United States of America. That is a political organization because you don't swear allegiance to the land. You don't no. swear allegiance to a plot of earth. You're swearing allegiance to the criminals in Washington, D.C. And running for political office, I would be running on the platform of let's secede. Let's get the hell out of this United States of America. So well, there's no way you, I could swear to that. As long as you did it by the, uh, the the system that they have of getting out, then as you understand it, then you've uh, abided by whatever oath you took. If I you, don't understand their system. If, if, you swear <laughs> an, if you swear an oath to the federal constitution, which I have three times and I – I take it seriously because it's something that I swore to do. Uh, there is nothing that can stop you from proposing that a constitutional amendment to allow New Hampshire to peacefully succeed uh, be introduced at the federal level. And uh, what would they do if you didn't swear an oath to their their little oath? What if what if I came to them and I said, "Well, I'll swear an oath to liberty, but I can't swear an oath to well, you government." Couldn't, you couldn't take office. Yeah, that's a problem. See, that I would be elected to not swear the oath to. <laughs> like, they would be going against the will of the people in that case. I don't know. I, I would. Oh, yeah, that bothers them. I would vote. I would sleep over that. I would vote for you, Ian, just because I would. I'm not really into uh, TV, and yeah. I mean, it would be really entertaining to see what you would do in a government office. You know, some would suggest I should just swear the oath anyway, just because everybody else does and they don't honor it. So what the hell? <laughs> there's that. Well, yeah, there's that. Right. <laughs> I agree. Or say, just kidding, after the end or something like that. I don't know. Or fingers well, crossed behind the back. Although, Ian, I think you could probably uphold it better if you put your mind to it than uh, a lot of the people who exist in office right now. My point being, though, people are running for political office, and most of them are willing to go ahead and jump through whatever the political hoops are in order to get in there and try to change things. We've already got over a dozen folks that have been elected as Free State Project participants, and that doesn't include the, what is it, over 100 uh, people that were endorsed by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, I believe? That's right. It's a significant amount of people in the New Hampshire state representatives. There's like 125. Almost a third of the representatives were endorsed by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. I wouldn't say that means they're all principled, liberty-minded people. No, but, but as uh, they're uh, right more often than they're wrong. Interestingly, they, um, you know, the the ones that scored 80 percent or better on their test, actually, there was a a correlative number. It was about the same amount of people as they endorsed. It wasn't the same people that they endorsed, but about the same number uh, scored. You know, so you know, at the very least, they got the number right. How many? other places have you want to talk about effective political organizations the new hampshire liberty alliance is one of them i'm a life member of that yeah uh, they're organization. great and uh they are a group that is made up a lot of in a lot of cases by free state project participants but also new hampshire natives are involved as well and yep. they they look at every single legislator in new hampshire they give them grades they give them ratings every year based on how they vote on certain key legislation and they they actually assess all of the legislation that is being looked at uh, in any given legislative session. So they look at that legislation. They make voting recommendations on it. They put out a, a voting recommendation sheet called the gold standard, I believe. 
and it is a gold-colored piece of paper with, you know, printing on it that they hand out to all of the reps, whether they be Republicans or Democrats or independents or whatever. They hand out this information to all of them on voting days so those people can know, hey, if you want to vote for liberty, here's how you vote. This is incredibly volunteer-intensive yep. kind of work. And, and they're they've getting got it done. The, right, they're getting it done, and we're just getting started here. So again, go to freestateproject.org to learn more. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves, by the way, 855-450-FREE. Guess no one wants to talk about their addiction to Facebook. It's Free Talk Live. Bring it back. Are you a liberty activist or enthusiast looking to meet others like you? Do you want to advance capitalism, peace, and freedom, but aren't sure how? I'm Amanda Mill, Executive Director of Liberty on the Rocks, encouraging supporters of a free society to host happy hour. Activism and education doesn't need to be boring, and you can find free market friends. So start a Liberty on the Rocks network near you and begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features. They are free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You will find links there to Amazon as well as some other uh, dealers. But Amazon allows you the links there to the Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Amazon US. Just click into the right one for you. And it's the same old Amazon experience you're used to. You're just entering through our affiliate link. So Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. Get the stuff you're looking for online and help Free Talk Live all at once. That's shop.freetalklive.com. You know, we uh, do like to ask questions on our Twitter and Facebook accounts. It's one of the things we've been doing over the last several weeks on the show and uh, sometimes like to share your answers. So I said, tell us about your Facebook or Twitter addiction. Brandon says, I believe that Facebook has hastened my descent into inescapable madness. Jason Henza says, I Facebook so much in the morning. Did you just give the guy's last name? It, it's public, right? If you're on our Facebook Good page. Lord. Should I not give? I mean, what if there's two Jasons? Then they won't know which Jason, Jason. says. Ian, serial killers don't use Facebook, so you don't want to say these things on the airs. Wait, wait, I don't get it. What's the problem with saying somebody's last so name if they're using it on Facebook? They're posting publicly to a public Facebook fan page. Just don't do it. Anyway, Jason says, I Facebook so much in the morning, I put my iPhone in a Ziploc bag and I wet text while showering. Do you believe that one? <laughs> do you believe that? Yes. I believe I it. I do. Really? I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I'm shocked by that. I think that's BS. No, no. No way. He means it. He's, he's, he means it. Uh, I like it too much not to believe it. Aaron, Aaron says, uh, Facebook is the first thing I check when I sit on the toilet. Uh, over on the, That's what smartphones are nice for. Yeah, over on the uh, the Twitter side, uh, Forto Jones says, I'm not addicted. I can quit anytime I want. Sam says, I never go on Facebook. <laughs> on Facebook. On Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> A credibility problem might exist. There. Uh, but there's some, other, there's some other posts here to an earlier question, Mark, that uh, I know that you wanted to comment on. And that was back with our discussion about the uh, Honduran cities we were talking about in the first hour of the show, where they're looking at having these uh, three private, essentially privately run cities uh, created in Honduras. They're going to start with one and then maybe have a second and third if that is a success. 
And one of the things they're doing to create these cities, they're going to carve out a swath of what appears to be, you know, land that is undeveloped. And therefore, there are certain native populations that are not very happy uh, about this happening. And and one of the questions I'd asked earlier is, you know, what what would it take for you to, to move down to Honduras? And Folks, a couple of responses are that they're stealing the land from the people. Uh, this is anti-jingoist on Twitter. They're stealing the land from people that rightfully own it for this project. They're not. That person is not going to go. And uh, E. Lee McFall says this pretty much the same thing, that no, I won't, nor will I promote it unless something is done about the natives' grievances. And so, you know, if we ever get to talk to these uh, MKG group guys, it would be interesting to ask them, you know, what are you going to do for the, the native folk? Or what are you offering? Them? Avatar is what they're offering. Probably. Well, right. That's just it. If the native folk don't want your fancy city jobs and your fancy city living, then what? How much land do they have? The natives? Yes. I am not clear on that. Shouldn't we give them... The, well, hold on. Do we even know that this land is theirs? You see, the, the, the thing no, is... The claim in the article is it's theirs. Well, the, the the government decides what's people's and what isn't, right? The government's stealing it and giving it to somebody Governments else. Governments have stolen lands from native people for a long time. That and doesn't make it okay. Right. It doesn't. And I, you know, if... It, I think that it's difficult to know um, what's going on as far as these things go. There's a city there. There's a town there already. This uh, Porto Castillo. I mean, did they? Did the government pay off the natives to put that there, or did it just sort of organically start? Mm. Um, I mean, in in these areas, uh, the this is quoting here from uh, Loring, who also puts on our fa- posts on our Facebook page. He says regarding locals in any third world country, they're almost always apprehensive about large groups of foreigners moving in and changing things. And one of the most important parts for a movement like this is for companies to give heavily to charities, to set up schools and infrastructure, that kind of thing. The government's not doing anything for these people. Likely they're living short and brutish lives in the uh, the jungles. What if that's what they want? It may very well be what some of them want, but you can believe that it's not what others of them want. Um, You know, what I I guess, you know, I come down on the the homesteading principle. Exactly how much of this land is theirs legitimately? I mean, if the the government, uh, you know, gives them a certain amount of land, then takes some of it away. I mean, that's what has happened to, sadly, Native peoples throughout history. I'm not apologizing for it and, you know, not saying it's okay. But the problem is, is that we... You know, that land is not really yours if you're not doing anything with it to some extent. Do you understand what I'm saying? By the principles of homesteading Homesteading. as as we understand it, but uh, obviously not everybody agrees on those principles. Agreed. Um, And I think that the best thing you can do is go there. I mean, people have to be able to move around. Sadly, governments are tyrannical things. I'd love to be able to undo the tyrannies of government here, but it's a heck of a lot easier to start without the tyrannies and start a new city-state and you know have some advantages that way. Hopefully you can benefit everybody in the process, build schools, build infrastructure and really help out the, the the natives in that area. They don't know what they might be missing. I'm not saying that I know better than they, but what makes this land theirs? I think you're only going to really know the truth if you actually go there and talk to them because Yes, and that's another important part is cuz you know, we're we're operating on all kinds of ignorance here. Yeah, you can I mean, you can't trust the official word from the corporations that are yeah. that And are, you can't trust the government and you can't trust the media. You're yeah, right. I mean, right. the only way I mean, is to go and talk to them, which this brings smacks me to, of neo-colonialism. Well, it brings yeah. me to another question about, you know, these folks that say they're not going to go to Honduras or these private cities because of well, what about the natives? Uh, you know, and then their objections to this. The question I have is, what percentage of the natives 
being okay with it would make you want to go. So as you pointed out earlier, Mark, right. you know, people are different. Just because some native person says, I'm the leader of the natives and uh, says, I speak for the natives, doesn't mean that they speak for all the natives. So. Right. And if you pay that guy off $100,000 and he says it's okay, is it then okay? So, right. Yeah. Is it, is it based on a percentage? Your decision to not go to hunt the hunter and free zone, uh, supposedly, if it's based on what the natives think, then what percentage is it that makes it okay? So if, you know, is it 70% would say... How do we find this information out? You'd have to go and conduct a poll of the natives. Actually, Mark, if, if you pay... We if, could just do a telephone poll from here. If you <laughs> if you pay $100,000, uh, then it becomes the U.S. Congress. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's probably a few people the, proclaiming themselves as being in charge of these uh, na- these natives claiming that you know this is not good and they understand how the negotiations go they know that if they you know they they make enough noise they're going to get the payoffs and they want the payoffs mm. because they don't care about schools these these people that are representing the natives likely don't care about the schools and the infrastructure yeah, and taking care of built. these people what they care about is the payoff the if yacht. you've seen how these organizations that have been uh, you know representative native americans in the united states have been uh, you know <laughs> it's been awful Here's an interesting post from Brandy answering the question, are you going to move to the Honduras ostensibly free zone? Why or why not? She says, honestly, I'm not sure I see the point of these cities. Most individuals and companies in Honduras already don't pay any taxes or receive any government services. My husband is Honduran and I've been there a couple of times. The climate is miserable. It's overrun with gangs and it has a totally dysfunctional culture. So she's out. Yeah, she's she's out, and I see value in it. But if you move a, if you are successful enough, then the government comes calling. Yeah. Now in these third world countries, you have to be very successful. But this is what happened in Haiti. Um, they had the, the, the Haitian people had the cornered the market on sewing baseballs. They were they had the the skilled labor in the area of baseball manufacture, and essentially these governments these uh, you know these governments would come in and go out, and they put so much pressure on these companies that were making these baseballs that they left. Sam says, uh, in response to the question, I think the risk outweighs the reward. Honduras is extremely unstable and a de facto narco state. I would rather move to New Hampshire and work to make it a stateless nation. And then finally, Zach says, no, because I have plans to move to New Hampshire. So that's, I think, one thing that's going to be really important to remember about New Hampshire uh, is that people are out there making plans. There are people out there who you know, aren't the initial wave. Mark, you and I, we were pretty easy to pick up and move because we own our own business. We can, you know, And it's a relatively small business. We don't have a factory or something like right. that, uh, some physical location. We just had to move our radio equipment. and you still know. took us a year and a half at least from deciding to go to go. Yeah, I mean, it does take time uh, for anybody to make the move. But the, the folks that move sooner rather than later are the ones that are less con- uh, less connected. They're more transient. Uh, they're more, you know, they don't own businesses. They don't have uh, a big family or, you know, t- roots necessarily tying them down uh, to the places from which they, they hail. And, uh, and so we're seeing more of those established people show up now. Uh, and I think we'll see more over time. It's, it's still a, a trickle of them, but they're coming. And a lot of people have plans to come after college. I know there, I remember a couple of years ago, folks were saying 2012, 2013, I get out of college, 2014. So there's, there's that factor as well. More people are going to come here. It's going to get better. And we are going to make a difference. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll. Free line 1-855-450-450. 3733 crossing the Rubicon. We can talk about that on the way, and you can also bring up whatever's on your mind. Hour three's next. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for 
any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up anything you want toll free at 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that uh, we share with you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. You can control the content of the site. What do you see on the front page? Submitted by listeners just like you and voted up by listeners like you because you can vote up or down on whatever items you see on the site, uh, different news items, blog posts, YouTube videos, whatever people want to submit. You can submit. It doesn't have to be in any way relevant or timely, uh, but it you typically are. Typically, the stuff you'll see on the front page is relevant and timely, but it really just all depends on who submits what and who votes on it. So you can go over there and vote on stuff and submit things to the site. It's all created by listeners like you at freetalklive.com. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And uh, so let's uh, change gears here a little bit. We've been talking sort of internationally and about Facebook, and I feel like we've kind of uh, exhausted those uh, particular topics. So let's move to a, a piece from Paul Craig Roberts. And we haven't shared something from Paul Craig Roberts in quite a while. This, this guy is a pretty good writer. I believe that he was part of the, uh, the Reagan administration uh, back in the day. And I don't know if he's always been as principled as he is now, but he certainly – I doubt that he would want to you know, be involved in politics at, at any level like that anymore because he's very, very anti this, the status quo and not just, you know, not just anti-Obama, but he was very anti-Bush uh, when he was writing during the Bush administration. And he's a really uh, you know, liberty-oriented dude from what I can tell. He's published over at lewrockwell.com frequently. And this is his uh, piece – from paulcraigroberts.org, entitled The Republicans Cross the Rubicon. Does anyone remember when National Public Radio was an independent voice? During the 1980s, NPR was continually on the case of the Reagan administration. They certainly had a Democratic slant, and a lot of its reporting about the Reagan administration was one-sided. Yet NPR was an independent voice, and it sometimes got things correct. In the 21st century, that voice has disappeared, which was the intention of the George W. Bush regime. Bush put a Republican woman in charge who made it clear to NPR producers and show hosts that the federal part of their funding was at risk. Money often overrules principle, and when corporations added their really big money, NPR collapsed. Today, the local stations still pretend to be funded by listeners, but if you've noticed, as I have, there are now a large number of corporate advertisements disguised as the traditional terms with support or with support from. If you are not listening to classical music, you're listening to corporate advertisements. 
Today, the entire mainstream media is closed to truth-tellers. The U.S. media is Washington's propaganda ministry, and the U.S. media has only one function, to lie for Washington. What reminded me of NPR's surrender, and it certainly seems that way. I mean, when you look at uh, the way the media fawns all over politicians. They don't ask very many hard questions. No, because they'll get cut from the the roster. They'll get cut from the press releases and get cut from the interview circuit. The the media is supposed to be a check on all government power by reporting to the people what's going on. And it's not like that anymore because in order, the media... If it ever was. If it ever was, because the media is completely incentivized to be cowed to uh, the whims of people in government office because for them to be able to report their stories, they have to be in the good graces of the government people, uh, government employees. And uh, if they're not in the good graces by reporting negative stories, it could affect their employment. What reminded me of NPR's surrender was NPR's August 31st report with its two regular talking voice political pundits discussing the Republican convention and Romney's speech. After witnessing the Republicans at their nominating convention at Tampa violate all their own rules and ride roughshod over the Ron Paul delegates, one expected some discussion of the Republican Party's refusal to allow Ron Paul to be placed in nomination or his delegate account to be announced. The operative question was obvious. How can the American people trust the Republicans with the awesome power of the executive branch when the Republican Party just finished demonstrating for all to see its Stalinist qualities by crushing the anti-war, anti-police state wing of its party? You can't. Well, but yeah, but let's point out the Democrats did the same thing yesterday in their convention. They uh, you know, had a voice vote on, I guess, including the word God in their platform and claiming that Israel, or excuse me, that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. And it was obvious from the voice vote that, uh, that it wasn't passing. But I think it was the mayor of San Antonio that was uh, hosting the, uh, the event at the time, uh, like a consummate politician. He took it three times and he was like kind of stumped. What do I do? It says obviously not two thirds. Uh, you know, some some lady comes up and, and sell, you know, tells him, uh, you know, whispers in his ear and says something that he takes the vote one more time. I think oh, it was the total of the third it's time. two thirds. In my opinion, it's two thirds. <laughs> we're moving on. So I don't know if she said they were going to disappear as family or what yeah. they said, um, you know, they said up there. But essentially uh, shut it down and there's no more discussion. CNN went to talk to them about it today. And, you know, the reporter asked him the question. But they let him dance around it. Mm-hmm. He's like, it was my option, and I decided, well, you know, well, uh, you know, Mr. Yeah, Mayor, but. I want to know exactly how could you in your bright freaking mind have possibly considered that to have been two-thirds? And if you consider that to be two-thirds, how can the American people trust you or any other stinking Democrat with their vote? I mean, you know, the, the lady didn't ask that. She just let it go. Yep. Does, does he have a decibel meter, like, implanted in his head? There, it wasn't even close. <laughs> the, the fact is the no's were even louder than the a's. The authoritarianism <laughs> was gratuitous. Romney had a sufficient number of delegates to be nominated. It would have cost Romney nothing to follow the rules and allow Ron Paul to be placed in nomination and his delegate numbers to be reported. Yeah, nothing. Instead, nothing. Romney wrote off the liberty contingent of the Republican Party. The brown shirts demonstrated their power. The last Republican who wrote off a chunk of his own party was Barry Goldwater, and he went down to crushing defeat. Makes one wonder if the Republicans are relying on those electronic voting machines programmed with proprietary Republican software that leave no paper trail. The Democrats have acquiesced to Republican election theft. There have been numerous cases where exit polls indicate that voters chose a different candidate than the one chosen by the Republican programmed voting machines. One would have thought that NPR and its pundits would have found the parallel with Goldwater worth comment, but the suppression of the Ron Paul delegates was already down the memory hole. One would have also thought that NPR and its pundits would have found Clint Eastwood's speech a fascinating topic of discussion. Eastwood had a Republican National Committee-approved speech, but discarded it 
Instead, Eastwood stood beside an empty chair and pretended to be talking to Obama, but it could just as well have been Romney in the chair. By pretending to be talking to Obama, Eastwood made his points without eliciting boos from the Republican audience. Not many in the Republican audience caught on, but there were some stony faces when Eastwood said, quote, I haven't cried that hard since I found out there are 23 million unemployed people in this country, unquote. More stony Republican faces when Eastwood showed his opposition to the Iraq and Afghan wars and asks the empty chair, quote, why don't you just bring them, that is the troops, home tomorrow morning, unquote. Yeah, he did say that, and I thought that that was a, a you know a great thing to ask. You know, Eastwood's gotten a lot of heat over this uh, particular uh, situation where he's uh, acting like Obama sitting in a chair. There, that's his claim, and I just think it's really stupid. Um, you know, the the people are because they didn't like what he had to say. They're they're saying that his his actions are strange. He's an actor. He did some acting on stage. This is what actors do. Yeah, if, but you'd, this, if you'd have hired a juggler to go up on stage <laughs> to give a speech, what a surprise, there was a little juggling going on. <laughs> right. But this is serious business, Mark. I mean, this is the integrity of the election process and the party politics system of this country, and it needs to be taken very seriously. Oh, I see. The actor you're not supposed to believe by the nature of his job, the politician you actually are supposed to right. believe, but we already know he's lying. Well, you just need to take it seriously. <laughs> those who thought he was digging at Obama with the comment about the troops bringing them home cheered. Those who realized he was criticizing hardline Republican positions were displeased. Who's writing this? This is Paul Craig Roberts. I'm sorry. I don't know that, you know, I, I, this guy's assuming uh, this is the guy who used to work for Reagan. Is that right? That's right. Um, he's assuming what, uh, what uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Eastwood, Eastwood was thinking. And I don't think that there's any fairness in that. I mean, he. I, I, I'm glad he. Well, Eastwood is out. supposedly a libertarian, so it's just as likely that he was crit- criticizing any president that was keeping troops in Iraq and Afghanistan with that statement. Yes, Romney wasn't one of them. Right, I, I get what you're saying. He said that he was criticizing hardline Republican positions, not Romney specifically right. with that statement. But don't... NPR and the U.S. media in general are uncomfortable with r- such real news as political party being told off by one of its heroes and a political party sufficiently stupid to repeat Barry Goldwater's mistake. The establishment might complain. The money might dry up or employees be fired for permitting such a story to be aired. The Democrats lost their independent financing when jobs offshoring destroyed the unions. There are no longer countervailing powers to Wall Street and the corporations, which have been endowed by the Republican U.S. Supreme Court with First Amendment rights to purchase U.S. elections and placed in charge of the U.S. Treasury, the regulatory agencies, and the Federal Reserve. In Tampa, the Republicans wrote off the Ron Paul vote because they're enamored of power and its gratuitous demonstration. Give a little bit more here in a moment. Take your calls as well. 855-450-FREE. The Republicans cross the Rubicon. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features 
that we have waiting for you there. The mobile site is one of them. For those of you with a smartphone, you can go to m.freetalklive.com. M as in mobile, .freetalklive.com. You can get tuned into our live streams there, grab the podcast, and get software that you might need if you don't already have it that will allow you to listen to those live streams. So go to m.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by freedomsphoenix.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com. Sign up for their free daily dispatch. That's freedomsphoenix.com. And, and sometimes you, you don't just get news at Freedoms Phoenix. You'll also get opinion pieces by people like Paul Craig Roberts. We're sharing with you uh, his piece from his own website, paulcraigroberts.org, entitled The Republicans Crossed the Rubicon. And that, he's, that Rubicon's been crossed so darn many times that it must be a muddy mess. Right. He's uh, dis- discussing the, the media, the news media, the lapdog uh, news media, and how they just refuse to really kind of ask the tough questions, refuse to address the real issues. Uh, they, for instance, refuse to really even look at the idea that the Republicans had screwed over the Ron Paul fans and the Ron Paul delegates at the Republican convention. They completely glossed over that. And that's kind of what he's t- touching on here. He says, in Tampa, the Republicans wrote off the Ron Paul vote because they're enamored of power and its gratuitous demonstration. Can people so desirous of power and the thrill of its use be trusted to let go of power when they lose the next election? There are enough presidential oh, come on. executive orders and national security orders, even some signed by the Democrat Obama, that any president can assert them and refuse to face election. Once Rome accepted Julius Caesar's coup, the Roman Republic was gone. Those who tried to save the Roman Republic by assassinating Caesar failed because the majority of the legions had gone over to the dictatorship, which promised them more money than the Republic had. Caesar's name became the title for Rome's dictators. In the U.S., even your friendly local police have gone over to dictatorship and they're armed with its tools. A friend, a competitive shooter for accuracy, told me that he, as he left his gun club on August 27th, a local sheriff's department entered in a military armored vehicle, something one would expect to see on a battlefield, followed by a large sheriff's department truck full of military equipment. He says the gun club allows local police to use the club's facilities so that club members are not stopped and harassed about their firearms as they go to and from the club. He reports that the police will line up 30 abreast with automatic weapons not allowed to club members and fire at one target with 30 police emptying 30-round magazines at that same target. He once asked our protectors if they were practicing for some competition. The answer was, no, we're preparing to control the outcome when there's trouble. Control is the operative word. We've seen for a number of years that the Republican Party is power-addicted. Remember when the Bush administration fired the U.S. attorneys who refused the order to indict only Democrats? Remember the Republican Party's transparent frame-up of popular Alabama Democratic Governor Don Siegelman? Evidence indicates the Republican operative Karl Rove took advantage of a Republican federal judge, vulnerable to, according to news reports, to corruption charges, and a compliant Republican U.S. attorney in Alabama to railroad Siegelman. The message to Democrats was, if you get elected in our southern territory, we will get you. But never fear. We have freedom and democracy. George W. Bush told us so himself. The weak, chicken-hearted Obama administration has not commuted Siegelman's outrageous sentence. The inability of the Democrats to stand up for their own members and their own principles is the best indication we have that Republican tyranny will prevail. Yeah, I'd like to point out this guy worked for a Republican administration. Was it for Reagan? This is correct. Paul Craig Roberts uh, worked for the Reagan administration. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think that he's by any means a supporter of the Democrats, uh, but... 
you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious he's pointing out some uh, serious corruption. It didn't take Caesar George W. Bush 10 minutes to wipe out the prison sentence of Vice President Dick Cheney's chief aide for revealing the identity of a CIA operative, a felony under U.S. law. But the Obama Justice Department supports Karl Rove's destruction of one of its most popular governors. It was the German left wing's weak opposition to the National Socialists that gave the world Hitler. The Republican Party has become the party of hate. Decades of frustration have made Republicans mean. They object to everything that has happened since the Great Depression of the 1930s to make the U.S. a more just and humane society. The Republican Party wants power so that it can smash all vestiges of regulation and welfare and all of those whom Republicans disapprove. The poor, minorities, liberals, their imagined foreign enemies, war protesters, and others who challenge the authority. Those American weaklings who have compassion for the unfortunate, the U.S. Constitution, that pinko liberal commie document that coddles criminals, illegal aliens, and terrorists, and all dissenters from the policy of enriching the 1% at the expense of the 99%. Above all else, the Republicans want to turn Social Security and Medicare into profit centers for private corporations. Would the world be surprised if Republicans donned brown shirts? America has declared itself to be the indispensable nation, justifying its hegemony over the world. Any country that doesn't submit to Washington is a foe. The neoconservative propaganda yeah, that true. America is the indispensable nation with a right to world hegemony sounds a lot like Deutschland über alles. A decade ago, the Bush regime demonstrated it could override U.S. statutory law, the U.S. Constitution, and the constitutional separation of powers in order to concentrate unaccountable power in the office of the president. The Democrats, when they gained control of Congress in the midterm elections, did nothing about the unprecedented legal and constitutional crimes of George W. Bush. The Speaker of the House of Representatives, a Democrat, who could have easily impeached Bush for his obvious crimes against U.S. law and the Constitution, announced that impeachment is off the table. Money was more important to Nancy Pelosi than the rule of law. When a people have no political party that represents them, they're doomed to tyranny and to war. Russia and China are in the way of Washington's hegemony. hegemony. Romney, the Republican presidential candidate, has declared Russia to be, quote, our number one geopolitical foe, unquote, for opposing Washington's plans to overthrow by violence the Syrian government. Why is overthrowing the Syrian government so advantageous to Washington that Romney in a fit of pique, recently brought the United States into direct confrontation with Russia? Arrogance and hubris leads to wars. Do Americans really want a person as president who is so reckless as to gratuitously declare a large nuclear-armed country to be our number one enemy? Seems like a really bad idea. The American and Israeli-trained Georgian army did not last an hour when the former Soviet Republic foolishly, on Washington's encouragement, provoked the Russian bear. Meanwhile, the Obama regime, concerned with China's rapid economic rise, has indicated that it thinks China is the number one enemy. The Obama regime has forgot that China, when a primitive backward country, fought the U.S. to a stalemate in Korea more than half a century ago. Yeah, that's true. The Obama regime... try to think about, real quick, what China was like in the 50s. What it was like, I mean, you know, they had nothing. Yeah. It was nothing. They've really come a long way in just the last two or three decades. I mean... There was just nothing. I mean, it was it was palm trees and stuff. China is basically taking over our country without firing a single bullet. Economically, yeah. Economically, yeah. But I mean, what else? If you own a company, uh, excuse me, if you own a country economically, what else is there? Indeed, he who controls the money controls everything. Well, they have a a, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of downside to the amount of uh, debt that uh, they've allowed the United States to take on from them. If the United States defaults, then where's their money go? My aunt and uncle told me, uh, they live in Arizona, they told me that the Chinese government uh, owns the note on the Arizona State House. 
Hmm. Uh, I, I haven't confirmed that, but it's interesting. All right, your calls. Welcome here, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Paul Craig Roberts has a few more observations. We'll share those and also take your calls about anything, 855-450-3733. So it's pretty clear, you know, this guy is not backing Obama in any way, shape, or form, and he's certainly no fan of uh, of Mitt Romney. 1-855-450-3733. They're both really poison pills for this uh, this country and, and our future and freedom. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring us anything you want. Toll free number 855 453. That's 1 855 450 3733. Join us on our website. We've got a webcam, and it is available to you during the show, but all at all times, technically. Uh, it's just that we're not here at those other times, and so therefore you probably won't see anything on the webcam. But the audio feed is there, and that you'll hear from lrn.fm whenever you're at the cam at cam.freetalklive.com. And during live show hours, we are live and uh, invisible. Uh, at cam.freetalklive.com, and it's free. You don't have to log in. There's no membership fee. Uh, a lot of those other shows charge you for access to their webcams, and I can't imagine why anybody would want to pay money to look at uh, some old white dude sitting in a uh, in a studio. In our case, we're younger, uh, but still, why anyone would pay money for that, I'm not sure. So it's free, cam.freetalklive.com. Yeah, I can't imagine why people would pay for that either. Here's another thing you don't have to pay for, but people have been paying for um, up to this point. For the, the, these two days, uh, yesterday and today, uh, Matthew Wayne Bellotti is making his ebooks available for free. He's a liberty advocate, a friend of ours here, a friend of the show, is a frequent caller. And um, we're trying to get his books to the top of the, the fantasy section of, uh, of Amazon. But you can go, so you can go to MWB, that says Matthew Wayne Bellotti, MWB.freetalklive.com. We've shortened it for you to make it easy. And you can go download all. Five of his books, including the... It'll take you to his author's page on uh, Amazon. That's right, including the uh, the three books in the Black Blade trilogy. The first book, The Colors of Elberia, is uh, actually at up to number 18. So he's... Uh, Matthew- he had hit that point today. Yeah, he's he's dizzy with the uh, the, the great results. Um, so you know, please continue to uh, download, and would like to get it to the top if we could. Um, it's uh, it's free until midnight tonight, Central Time, at mwb.freetalklive.com. Free books, yeah. enjoy. Free ebooks. Yeah, absolutely. Eight five five four fifty free. A little bit more here from Paul Craig Roberts, and then right to the phones for your thoughts. But he's talking about crossing the Rubicon and how the you know Republicans and the Democrats, to a lesser extent, but uh, both of them. I'm about sick of this crossing the Rubicon term. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I've had it. I understand that it's not his fault. Um, it's just sort of a compilation of it being used, and yeah. He's just basically pointing out that we're rolling straight to tyranny. And, uh, of course, you know, the Republicans are obviously just doing it right out uh, on Front Street and the Democrats are doing nothing to stop them. And he points out the Republicans, uh, Mitt Romney has named Russia uh, America's enemy number one and the Obama administration thinks that's China. And that either way, uh, the Obama regime has announced that the U.S. Navy is being repositioned to the eastern Pacific that the U.S. regards South China Sea as America's national interest and that new naval, air, and troop bases are being established in the Philippines, South 
Korea, Vietnam, Thailand, Australia, New Zealand, and elsewhere in the region. I hadn't heard that news. That's pretty scary. Yeah, that's interesting. I knew uh, knew Australia. The purpose of these bases is to block China's access to energy and raw materials, which is what Washington did to Japan in the 1930s. How'd that turn out? Turned out World War II. Yeah, in fact, it was their intention back then. You look at the McCall, I think it was the McCollum memo, uh, where McCollum, basi- yeah. yeah, where basically they you know, they understood that if they blocked Japan's access to oil and other things, that they were going to likely it's not just strike access. out. They they blocked the access to oil produced by American companies, which was just about the only place you could get it at the time. Are Americans aware? Asks Paul Craig Roberts that the hubris and idiocy of their political leaders have now saddled Americans with the burden of two number one enemies, both well-equipped with armies and nuclear weapons. Right. It's not like they're picking number one enemies like uh, you know, Bush was. Uh, you know, our, uh, The axis of evil is a bunch of you know, tiny little countries that we don't have to worry about. As he says here, only Iran can be happy about this as it moves Iran off the front burner. Washington is putting its forward military bases in, in place, and the propaganda war is being cranked up. I mean, the United States is practically just about at war uh, with both Russia and China in the sense that Syria is a flashpoint. Uh, there's all kinds of atrocities going on against their citizens uh, there, and, and their militias aren't doing anything nice either, from what I can tell. And China and Russia both back Syria in this circumstance. The United States is uh, you know, essentially in Turkey. The CIA is running a covert operation on Syria at this point. And you know, where is it going to go? Washington is putting its forward military bases in place, and the propaganda war is being cranked up. The subservient British press was quick to fall in line with Washington. A British reader of my column reports the Guardian, Observer, and New Statesman are at Putin's throat. He said, every day this week we've had Russia-Putin hate stories. Headlines such as medieval dictatorship, as we saw in last Sunday's Observer, are common. Yeah, by the way, Putin really did not do anything good for himself with this. Uh, the, the, the pussy riot? Pussy cats, yeah, pussy riot uh, punk rock band uh, putting them in jail for two years is that what the sentence was prison uh for uh you know russian prison having some kind of concert in in some major uh church in or the something church like that. yeah the, the, the head uh, orthodox yelling Christian and church. yelling and singing in church pretty much uh basically is what they got two years for and he would have made himself look a lot better from the international community if he would have just pardoned them in this week's new statesman we have a, a front page picture of putin with a headline putin's reign of terror They've got Putin with a crown on his head and dressed as a czar-like figure. It's a relentless information battlefield assault on Russia. Another line of Washington's attack on Russia is Washington's covert backing of Chechnya terrorist groups in the Caucasus, or Caucasus, and funding of front groups in Russia for protest and terrorist organizations. Allegations of corruption and stolen elections come primarily from Washington-funded groups operating in Russia. And then he links to a couple of examples. Through these methods, Washington hopes to destabilize the Russian government and to isolate it internationally in order to remove a barrier to Washington's hegemony. Two of Romney's right-wing neoconservative advisors said that Romney as president would confront Moscow on its poor record on democracy, human rights, and the rule of law. The Western media will not comment on the irony of these propagandistic allegations against Russia issuing from the U.S., the country that has destroyed habeas corpus and due process protections of the accused, tortured detainees in violation of the Geneva Conventions and its own statutory laws, kidnaps, tortures, and assassinates foreign nationals as well as its own citizens, supports terrorism against Libya, Syria, Iran, and Russia, runs roughshod over international law, never submitting to law itself but using law as a weapon against governments that it has demonized, while it carries on military operations against seven Muslim countries without a declaration of war.
Yeah, it, Talk about an indictment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's 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 scathing. And this guy, you know, having worked in the uh, the Reagan administration, he knows some of this insider stuff that we wouldn't otherwise be privy to. So I, I find it very interesting, uh, you know, what he's pointing about out about the United States and its record on human rights. Yeah, the United States is real great at po- about pointing out at other countries how they're right. bad at human distract rights. Distract every, you know, distract people. Oh, Russia, they're terrible. Syria, Iran. All the while, we're being oppressed right here. Don't talk about that. Unfortunately, if you're an American and you would like to know uh, or or find a really good source for uh, information about how our own government is corrupt, the best place to go is Russia Today, which is funded by the Kremlin, but they accurately report on the corruption in, in the United States government. They sure do. The yeah, Nuremberg trials of Germans. Well, I, wanted, I just wanted to point out, um, you know, here, Pussy Riot certainly got thrown in jail for two years for hollering out in church, no doubt about it. Yep. And that's not fair, and it's, it's totally unjust. Here in New Hampshire, we had a journalist thrown in jail for t- three felony charges, and they weren't even felonies. They were supposed to be misdemeanors, but they didn't even read the law in court. Right. I mean— this the pussy riot got like three or four days in court. This thing flew by in a couple of hours' time. They didn't even bother reading the law in the court. The, the jurors didn't read the law. The judge didn't read the law. The prosecutor didn't read the law. Nobody read the law. Don't they forget, threw a journalist in jail. Don't forget Bradley Manning, who hasn't even had a uh, you know a, a win of a trial. He's been I mean, tortured. He's, he's just been held for years. According yeah. to Amnesty International, I you know you're not making that claim. Amnesty International was the Nuremberg trials of Germans after World War II established that naked aggression is a war crime. Naked aggression renamed by Washington as preemptive war has become the operative principle of U.S. foreign policy. As Putin remarked, Washington is guilty of the crimes of which it accuses others, but Washington permits all things to the indispensable nation. America uber alles, he finishes with. Yeah, this isn't some wild-eyed you know, black block anarchist uh, speaking this stuff. This is a former Reagan uh, administration. What, what was his uh, position? Do you remember? I don't recall, but he, you know, was relatively uh, well known. Let's go to speaking of Bradley Manning. Let's go to Ingrid. Uh, ladies first here calling from Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ingrid. Um, hey, everyone. Um, I had called in um, Tuesday um, and I said I was going to talk about my experience today. Today being the day that uh, around the country there were to be protests at Obama campaign offices for Bradley Manning, which may have ended up in people doing sit-ins. I'm not sure how it all ended up panning out, but you were at one of them, so if you'll hang on, we'll come back to you and get the story from you, 855-453, of what happened today at the Obama campaign office there in the the D.C. area. And uh, certainly you're welcome to share your stories and thoughts, 855-450-3733. It was a protest in favor of uh, Bradley Manning. It's Free Talk Live. We're coming up. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves, even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are 
imminent here. 855-450-FREE is the number. That's 1-855-450-3733. Of course, you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy the program and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, I invite you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in 3 bucks a month to Free Talk Live through any major credit card via PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard right on our website. And then we'll take that money and invest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more uh, stations on board, more therefore people listening to the ideas of freedom. It works. The reason why we've got over 110 stations today is because of the Free Talk Live Amplifier program. No doubt. And you get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, forum, and more. Go get the details. Get signed up amp.freetalklive.com. Ingrid is back with us listening in Maryland. And Ingrid, you wanted to uh, relate to us how things went today at the various protests that were going on. And I think you told us 36 different uh, cities across the U.S. at Obama campaign offices where folks were going to go and protest the continued uh, captivity of Bradley Manning. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you about the D.C. protests and stuff when I went to. Sure. And that one went really well. Um, we had a lot of press there. We had CNN, mm-hmm. Press TV, um, Adam Kokesh, WSA, Associated Press. Um, we had about 15 protesters there, which was pretty good since it was um, at 10 a.m. on a weekday in the morning, and it was raining there. But there was about four of us, including myself, who, who were willing to um, risk arrest. So we went up the steps, and there was about, like, three security guards. And then, they were, and then automatically they said, like, no, you can't go in the building. And then we explained to them, you know, why we were there, that we just wanted um, the DNC to fax the letter to Obama. And then they were like, no, this is private property. You have to leave. You're blocking traffic. And then we were like, no, we're not going to leave. So then they ended up calling the Capitol Police. So So, at this point, you're just in the stairwell? um, We went to the – so four of us went to the top of the steps, and Mm -hmm. there was about um, 12 other people sign waving below. So then the Capitol Police came. Um, in four cars, and then they had um, their paddy wagon. So then they came up and started talking to us, and then my friend Max um, basically broke it down to them, and he was like, you know, you all swore an oath to the Constitution, and the Constitution says people have the right to petition the government, and this building is funded by taxpayer money. So then one cop said that he would go inside um, after a while talking to us, and then he would get someone to come out to talk to us. So then um, one of the representatives from the DNC came out, and then he said, like, that he would talk to his superiors about faxing the letter. And then he was just like, oh, just wait. Just wait here on the steps. And then. Now, this letter, by the way, is a letter written by military veterans to uh, Barack Obama, basically saying, hey, you know, you're screwing this up. You need to do something about uh, Bradley Manning and let this guy out. Well, didn't the president um, completely screw it up, Ingrid, when uh, he basically committed an uh, command, uh, unlawful command influence by finding him guilty? Right, <laughs> declaring well, him verbally guilty. declaring him guilty. Yeah. Well, that's correct, but we're kind of, but we were kind of hoping that um, Obama would come to his senses and then say that you know that there was no victim, no crime, and then if Manning is convicted, that he would pardon him. So that's what we were kind of hoping for. You don't really, you weren't really hoping that, but that's what the the letter suggests. Well, well I mean, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, we know it's not impossible, but you know, I, I don't think a guy like like the president could really be won over with a no victim, no crime argument. I I think what I think uh, you know, I've read some of the uh, legal briefs, and I think why. Uh, Bradley's going to win, uh, not only because he has a great name, but because he is, uh, you know, he's on the right side of the issues. You know, he the president campaigned on, uh, you know, protecting whistleblowers. He, you know, he made a good faith uh, 
disclosure to, to let the American people know about war crimes. It's not really a win if you have to sit in a prison cell for two years. No. You win. And that's not a win. It'll be a win for the American people. It will is be it, a win for the American people. It's and damage what, control at best. And um, what Bradley Manning did is incredibly brave. And I, absolutely. I, I think he should get the, the Nobel Peace Prize and run for president when he turns 35. So, Ingrid, so some DNC staffer comes out, tells you, I'll take that letter and fax it to uh, the appropriate people. Yeah, and then they told us that they were, and then they told us like, you know, just wait here. So then that's what we did, and then and at this point the Capitol Police left. So then a short time passes, maybe about like five minutes, and then the security guards are like, again, oh, you guys gotta leave. This is private property, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So then this time, um, they send out the Metro Police. So then they come up, and then we go through the same stuff again. It's like, you know, we're here. We want to send a letter, and they're like, oh, okay. Then we're going inside. So then once again the DNC representative comes out. And um, he he said that he sent the letter to his his superiors, but he wouldn't tell us who the superiors were. Yep. And then um, we made the decision at that point that you know after that we were, we would just leave. Do you know if anybody did a sit in today? Was anyone successful across the country and in getting into the offices, or was everyone blocked? Um, some of them were successful. Like some of them were the DNC offices actually like um, would fax a letter to Obama, and then some of them, they told him, you know, you have to leave, and then the people did. So so kind of at our protest, I kind of wish they did fax it, but then at the same time, I'm kind of proud of um, myself and the others that we that we stayed on the steps, and then we did hold out for a while, and you know, hopefully, as you said, there was mainstream media there, and that's good, uh, because then maybe this story will get some coverage uh, in the mainstream media, and therefore Bradley Manning's name will get out there a little bit more. Maybe somebody will pay attention, uh, you know, who hasn't paid attention previously, and if you can generate some you know, some more eyes and ears it's worth it. uh, on this subject, then it was worth it. And you didn't get arrested, so that's nice. You don't have to go to court or deal with anything like that. And, Ingrid, thanks for the call and the update. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Uh, but as you predicted, Mark, because they'd announced it in advance, they had the security on hand prepared yeah. to block them from even getting into the office in the first place. So on the one hand, announcing it in advance allows you to promote it to the mainstream media and get that media coverage. Yep. On the other hand, you, know, you don't really have as much of an effective kind of hit uh, as far as civil disobedience is concerned if you're announcing that sort of thing in advance where they can just block you. I think it also makes you look respectful to to send a letter in advance to just be like, hey, you know, this is my objective. This is what I'm going to do. Um, please give me a call. And uh if people overreact, like remember what we right. at Plymouth still makes State, them look bad, right? At Plymouth State University, when we went up there last December, we let them know this: we're coming to protest this illegal firearms ban. And boy, did they overreact! They brought in every single uh, statey, every yep. county sheriff, uh, and the state's largest newspaper called them out on it. So let's continue. Wes is listening in Indiana to XM Satellite Radio's uh, America's Talk. Hey, Wes. How you doing, man? Hey, what's on your mind uh, tonight? I was listening to the XM broadcast, and you guys were talking about Honduras. Yes, sir. Um, I have family there. My brother uh, is a missionary there, and I go down twice a year for vacation. To where do you go? I go up on the uh, northern part of the coast, a little town called La Ceiba. So tell me about and, it. Okay. You had Mr. the president. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Military, him out. 
Tell you what, we've got a really bad uh, phone connection here with you. If I can, I'd like to ask you to call tomorrow at the start of the show. Because I don't know why it is, but over the last several weeks on Free Talk Live, it seems like everybody wants to call in at the very end of the program, and it makes it difficult to have a real conversation. Uh, so, and plus, your phone, we could do it, but your phone's kind of crapping out. So, Wes, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, we'll uh, have you hook up with the board operator and maybe make sure we can get you in uh, tomorrow right at the beginning of the show. I'd like The to show starts at 7 p.m. Right. Eastern time, even if you're listening on... Uh, a couple hour delayed. Right. So if you're listening delayed on XM or on another radio station that doesn't air us live, remember, we always start at seven Eastern and you can always call in about anything you want. So you can just come right out the gate with uh, with Honduras tomorrow night if you'd like. Uh, Let's get Jeremy on briefly here calling from the north woods of New Hampshire. Hopefully he's got a better signal. Go ahead, Jeremy. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey. Yes. From the great north woods. I don't know how great the signal is up here. Sound good. Good. Uh, You were talking about uh, the stuff going on at the DNC and the RNC and uh, it really got me thinking about how far gone um, you know political parties are in this country. We've really not only political parties, but just the federal government in 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 itself. We've got we've got a federal government that is <laughs> something's daughter. wrong with your signal. <laughs> oh no, there goes the signal. My daughter is uh, waking up <laughs> on the line here with us too. <laughs> She's a little hungry. Jeremy's actually uh, my campaign manager, and uh-huh. his his daughter is very cute. So. His, both of his daughters are very cute. We'll give him a pass. They're craving my attention at, at all times. They will have it soon yeah. enough. Go ahead with your point. <laughs> Indeed. But the point is, is the federal government's lost, and we really need to focus on our local and state uh, you know, elections. Because when you look at the overall economics of it, the federal government's got over $123 trillion in liabilities. And Woo! the total wealth of our country, if you took the rich, the poor, the middle class, and everybody was taxed 100%, We'd maybe have forty-five trillion dollars. Mm, so, yeah. putting it into perspective, uh, financially, it's gone. Yeah. So we really got to focus on these local races if we really care about protecting our freedom and our liberties. Because when it all breaks loose, uh, it's going to be at the local level that we're going to need to come together. Brad, where can people go to uh, contribute to the campaign? Oh, it's bradforsheriff.com. That's um, a great uh, local race, then. Yeah, I, I'm sure uh, Jeremy would appreciate people donating and uh, feeding his beautiful daughters. Jeremy, thanks mm-hmm. for the call. I don't know if campaign funds are supposed to go to that, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Jeremy, thanks. I'm not a, an expert we, on we these could things. Use some, we could use some uh, boots on the ground up here tomorrow. And Indeed, and that's why more people should make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We'll see you tomorrow. Freetalklive.com. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls Your Birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it, therein referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. 